Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy wherever they get their podcasts. The Hancock International Endurance Series on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. A very good morning, and it's a good Sunday morning here in the United Arab Emirates. John Heindorf, Phil Anson, along with Nick Damon and Joe Bradley to take you through the second round of the Hancock Middle East Trophy. Should have been the final round. Isn't. That will be next weekend for the Dubai 24 Hours, which we'll have for you live for you as well uh, in uh, just on seven days' time. So we've had to shuffle the pack a little bit. In December, we were at Q8 for that absolutely extraordinary race for the overall victory in the last 28 minutes that saw CP Racing hold out by half a second. And then it's here this weekend before we head to Dubai and the Autodrome for the final round and the traditional start of the 2024 season, of course, as well, because that effectively will kick off the Hancock Championship for 2024. It's beautiful conditions. Thank you for those of you in Europe in particular who are up early. Those of you in the States uh, who are up late... Uh, and getting ready for what we expect to be superb action. And we'll continue through today with qualifying from Daytona coming up later on. But let's look forward to what we have in 2024. We get into the bulk of the European season when we miss, uh, visit beautiful Mugello in, towards the end of March 22nd and 24th. The following month, we're off to Spa-Francorchamps and the uh, 19th to the 21st of April both 12-hour races, those. Then back to Portimao in the Autodromo Internacional do Algarve uh, on the 10th to the 12th of May. That is a full straight through, uh, full straight through 24-hour race. Then back to Misano, one of my favourite circuits. Beautiful again, to, uh, the scenery around it as we head there in July. And we finish off the bulk of the European season with the traditional September date at the 13th to the 15th of September for the 24 hours of Barcelona at Montmelo at the Circuit de Catalunya, and that makes up our 24-hour series powered by Hankook Calendar for 2024. And what an array of races there are. As I said, we've sh shifted things around a little bit. Circumstances far beyond our control, but Kreventik and everyone else uh, involved, including the teams and including our broadcast partners, O221, and of course uh, the circuits out here as well have done a great job. Uh, we have been rewarded, with, as you might imagine, beautiful weather. It's just around 19 Celsius at the moment, so that's been a little bit chillier uh, than the last few days. Sorry for those of you, particularly in the UK, where it's been freezing. Uh, humidity around about 83%. Uh, that is not feeling so bad in these temperatures. It will get warmer up to mid-20s, mid to late 20s Celsius today. That is the weather forecast. So no chance of any rain. Tiny little bit of 
a tiny little bit of uh, overcast today that is keeping that down. But don't let me tell you about that in the air-conditioned splendour and controlled environment of our commentary booth. Let's head down to Nick Damon, who's on the grid. Morning, Nick. Ah, good morning, John. Good morning, everyone. And welcome to the grid here at the Abu Dhabi Six Hours. For some reason, Seb's got this terribly wrong. He's not photographing me. He's photographing the trophies. That shouldn't happen at all. Uh, this is for the winner of the race. This is the winner of the uh, Middle East Series. Now, this was, of course, originally, as John says, supposed to be the final race. Of course, it's now the, the middle race, the sophomore championship event. And also, that's the spirit of the race. And these are two ladies. Okay, now, if you're watching qualifying yesterday, what you would have thought is, if I come to this thing saying pole position, I would see a Porsche. But no, I see an Audi. Because the, uh, the scores on the doors were slightly changed. A quick word with Torsten Kratz. Torsten, you got pole position, but you got pole position in the steward's room. Yeah, it's nice, huh? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think uh, the, the team made a, made a great job during the last days. Uh, so we had a bit of trouble with the setup in the first day, but uh, we managed it well. Yeah, and yesterday we have been lucky with, with traffic and um, yeah, we got a good lap, all of us, and uh, so the average was good enough for pole. So how different is the approach to a six-hour race rather than the usual 12 or 24 hours we do in the Creventic series? I mean, at the end, it's, it's the same. You have, to, you have to go through, you have to do a clean lap, a uh, clean race, uh, you have to avoid uh, penalties. So it's the same for us. It doesn't matter if it's 6, 12, or 24 hours. Of course, less, ex less, less exhausting. Um, and at the end, it's a good preparation for next week for the 24-hour race in Dubai. Race up towards, this is the Haas RT Audi, of course, the Antigua and Barbuda uh, registered machine that's been so successful this season. Now, the car that should have been on pole is next to it, and that's the, uh, the white and uh, red number 96 car collection machine. This is the man who thought he put it onto uh, pole. Uh, Luke Hardo, Luke, uh, disappointed not to be on pole? Uh, yes and no, but like I said in the last interview, we only focused on, uh, on long runs, so this is, I think, also where we uh, gain the most time. So uh, still front row, we're happy. Now, it wasn't mentioned, so who was it who exceeded track limits and had the time deleted? No, actually, we didn't have any times deleted. They just got their time back. So there was a bit of a misunderstanding in Q1, I think, with the marshals. But anyways, we uh, yeah, got our time stated, so uh, nothing changes for us. That's a much better story, isn't it? Uh, look, I'm going to have to ask this question, Luke, because it's, it's, it keeps coming to mind. How tall are you? <laughs> I get this question quite often. I'm tall enough to fit in the race cars, yes. But um, no, I'm 197, I believe. So, yeah. So that's six foot seven in English money? Six and six? Six, six, yeah. Did you consider a career in basketball? <laughs> I got this question a lot. No, um, never. I just went full on for race cars. <laughs> That's great stuff. Okay, now we are, as you say, in the United Arab Emirates. We're in Abu Dhabi. And to uh, get this uh, race officially underway, it's the national anthem of the United Arab Emirates. Okay, we'll carry on going till the, uh, I think there's a slight issue in the, uh, the room, but we'll keep going. Okay, so a bit further on, we find our third and fourth qualifiers uh, in fourth place. It's uh, a different paint job for a very, very well-known car within the Creventic uh, uh, series. Of course, it is the, uh, the Herberth machine, the 91, only one Renault in the machine this time. We have Andres Antares Au, who is in the team. Um, now, 
Antares, you are uh, not a regular with the Herbert team, but you are a regular here. You've won twice here already, haven't you, in this particular race? Well, only once, but Herbert is the team that brought me to this series. Very happy to have started my endurance racing career with you guys. This is the race suit I wore with my first race at Herbert. So really happy to be here. And uh, so what is it about this particular race, the Abu Dhabi race, that you, you, you like so much? Is it just the Yas Marina track or? No, I like the people. Folks like you roaming around the pit lane, all the atmosphere. This is You're a charmer, aren't you? You really are. You, you, know, the, you know how to get on the right side of the media team. Not really. No, we need to do well too, yeah? Otherwise, you're not come, on, come back to us. So, car on the line in fourth place. Is that, you're happy with that as a team, yeah? Qualifying? Well, it's a qualifying. It's six hours race, so we could have had a little bit of a better performance. I certainly wasn't helping the team lift up to a higher standard, but hey, again, it's a six-hour race. Great stuff, Antoine. I hope you get your, your second victory. Cheers, mate. Um, across the way, it's the third-place qualifier, which is the uh, very striking, as always, uh, red Ferrari. Just seeing me the drivers around. Yep, we have got Axel Jeffries. Um, it's Barrow Motorsport Machine. Axel Jeffries. Axel, uh, a, a, a regular to the events here in the Middle East, aren't you? We, we see you at Dubai a lot. Um, but in the, in the Ferrari, and it seems like you, you personally, I think, did you end up with the quickest individual lap in qualifying? Uh, I was up until the last 10 seconds, but J-Love uh, put me. Uh, but I do like the Ferrari, and the car's working well. The team's done a great job, so we look in good shape. You're very relaxed in the civvies. It's only a six-hour race. I mean, is that the case where you'll literally just get one stint and that's it? It will be. Because we're an AM lineup. I think my maximum driving time is an hour and a half, so I'll only get one stint. I mean, again, it, it, do, you, do you find this six-hour race makes it easier or perhaps even more complicated to fit in the right driver at the right time? Um, I think a bit easier. Obviously, we know what the requirements are for each driver to do, and uh, the engineers have a plan. It's pretty straightforward, so I think we'll be okay. Good stuff, and the Ferrari, as we've seen. But just to let the point about this, we know that's the third car, and you've got the top three is three different chassis. We have a, uh, an Audi, a Porsche, and a Ferrari. Then we have another Audi, and then we moved into a car, a team, which we are normally used to seeing in a uh, Porsche. It's a Grove machine, but it's actually now with a Mercedes, the CLS. Let's see if we can grab a quick word with one of their drivers. Um, sorry, I can't see. Hang on. It's Jordan, ah, <laughs> Jordan Love. Um, Jordan, I've just been told that you actually got the individual fastest lap in qualifying. Um, unfortunately, the team's in fifth. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's good. The car's fast. Um, team's doing a mega job. First time for me here and uh, really enjoying it. So, um, yeah, we're here to uh, see, uh, see how good we can go and hopefully move forward. But, yeah, car's good. We'll see how we go and press on. Fastest guy here, you must be a fan of this Yas Marina track. I mean, does, it, does it work well with GT3 machine? We know it has its challenges when we normally see it in F1. Is it a better, car, better track for sports cars? Yeah, as I said, first time for me here and uh, really enjoying it. So, um, obviously fast, flowing, quite a technical track. It's, it's deceivingly quite, uh, quite difficult, but yeah, really suits the car nicely. And uh, yeah, car's good, so all good. So Jordan, he's the fastest man around here in AMG GTS, GTU, it's Mercedes, uh, but he likes the flow, he likes the technical stuff, but John, you need to talk us around the track completely, all 19 corners now, they cut a couple out a couple of years ago. 16 corners, I'm pleased you're not driving, <laughs> it used to be 21, and it still can be, depending 
on how things are laid out. Uh, this track is 5.281 kilometres or 3.281 miles with those 16 corners. Everybody knows the circuit. It's been a subject of so much discussion down through the years. We have three very distinct sectors coming across the start-finish line at the Formula One pits to turn one. That's actually much more of a corner in a GT car, hitting somewhere near 240 kilometres before you break down, go down a gear or two uh, through turn two, and then up over the top of the rise at turn three. So one or two people having some issues there earlier on in the week, and not necessarily in this series, but in the pro cars. We had a couple of McLarens hit the wall there over what I'm going to call Carlos's crest. Up to just over 230 clicks before you go all the way down the gearbox at turn five, the hairpin, then on to the long back straight. And it's very long, very long indeed. That's the top speed that we're reaching there getting on for uh, 270 kilometres an hour, then down to 50 miles an hour through six and seven. Yeah, there's a couple of different lines around there. The curving uh, run past the support paddock and pits to turn nine, the parabolic, if you will. Now, this is slightly banked, and it looks much more banked in a GT car than we normally see on Formula. And there's about 74 different lines through there. Through the kink at 10, proper corner at 11 and 12. Got to get that really sorted out. Then down about 60 miles an hour underneath the hotel. Pretty much a single line through there, and it's very tight. You go off there, you're going to hit something hard. 15, tricky but you set yourself up for 16. Watch track limits there as well on the exit. You will get three warnings before you are brought in for a stop and hold or a drive-through penalty. That's the lap here at Yas. the grid. Um, Seb, you can get a look at this. We have a fan club. We love a fan club. Look, it's, it's Mr. Finn Geritz from the Huber Racing. Look, there's, there's thousands of people with Finn Geritz t-shirts. And here is the man himself. It's, it's Finn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a hat now. Everyone else has got his hat. Finn, you appear to have uh, uh, outfitted the most of the grid. You've bought your own fan club. Well done. Yeah, it's uh, my sponsor and partner for this race, Infinia 88. So they all came from Indonesia only for this race. It's a unique event for them. And um, here we are, around 30 people with the same outfit and the same caps, perfectly prepared for the race. So, so, so you basically, is this your first Creventic event or have you done other Creventic ones? No, it's my first uh, race here at the Creventic. I drove here two years ago in Abu Dhabi at the Asian Le Mans, but it's the first race. And uh, unluckily, the qualifying was not what we expected. But uh, now for the race, we will give everything. So how does a European-German driver end up with a massive Indonesian fan club? It's crazy, really, to have uh, fans worldwide and partners also uh, to show them from Indonesia what is possible here in Abu Dhabi with the Creventic, and uh, they will have a lot of fun, and uh, it's uh, a lot of emotion for them here. You've got a pretty good teammate in, in, in Michael Bartels. Yeah, with, with Tim and Mark, we have a really good driver combination, and uh, for sure we will give everything in the race, and we will see what is possible. So I don't need to avoid his fan club, kind of blocking the whole way. And, ah, now we see. This is, this is where we're going. The, the team that, that, that gave half the, uh, the battle at uh, Q8, it's the... Uh, uh, and it's, it's my friend. It's Fabrizio. Happy New Year, Fabrizio. Happy New Year to you too and to everybody. Quick question. Marriage still going okay? Still going, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, qualifying a bit further back than you expected, yeah? 
not really. We had some problems, so we, had, we have been much slower than we were supposed to be. So now it's the race, the car is back to normal. Race on. It's a, it's a short race, so doesn't leave too much to strategies. The BOP is not to our advantage. We have to get it to the end. Dubai will be something else. Yes, because of course you're, you and the rest of the Edie Moses team are obviously right at the front of the uh, Middle East trophy, aren't you, with the second place you had in the first race. But you've got four drivers here, four drivers in six hours. Is that, is that, is that too many drivers? Uh, yes, sort of it, but we are training. Uh, so it's good to be training all of us uh, all together. Then uh, it's a good practice with the car because it's only the second race and we want to be ready for Dubai. Dubai, it's a real challenge. Yeah, Dubai's next week. I think you've only got one car. So is it a case of being really, really careful this weekend? Well, I look at the stereo, so I'm just going to go out and cruise around. <laughs> it's the best way, yes. Come back, no scratches, and see what you get. <laughs> Correct. Thanks a lot. Fabrizio Brogi there, who I think is the spirit of Creventic Racing, and the other team who is definitely the spirit of Creventic Racing, just over here, are our winners from uh, six weeks ago, uh, which is CP Racing with the 85 Mercedes. We've got the entire team here. Look at that. They're all lined up. They can't wait. Slightly improved growth in the sidelines there from Shane. Um, we spoke to Charlie. Let's talk to the man whose name is above the door, Charlie Putnam. Charlie, four of you, I've just asked the EV Motors team here, four guys over six hours. Is that actually difficult to get everyone through in that time? Yeah, we're a little heavy on drivers, but, you know, we're kind of a family group here, and we all like to drive. We all wanted to get points for the championship, so we said, well, we'll each give up a little time and get everyone here. You're leading the championship. Obviously, there's really only three GT3 cars in it. The unfortunately, the other two are ahead of you, which is the uh, BMW and the, uh, the Porsche. Is, is it a case where you're really now just looking at those two cars, or are you still consuming the race as a whole? Well, we race hard all the time. That's what we come for. You know, nobody comes to just lay back. So we'll run our game. I mean, we'll, we'll run as consistently and as hard as we can the whole time. And one of the advantages I've seen parked in the, uh, in the paddock, you actually have a spare car, so you can afford to smack this one up and still have a new one for next week. Well, afford is a relative term. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean financially, I meant tactically. No, we, we're not, you know, always we try to take care of the car. That's our, our calling card. That's what we, we try to do. Sometimes it doesn't work, but that's how you win races is taking care of your car, taking care of yourself, your other drivers, and the people around you. Charlie, great stuff. That is the CP Racing. Uh, we're meandering back to see if we can find... Ah, oh, this is... And I'm not trying to get a chat with the, anyone here because not all the team speaks English. But we do have the fabulous Vortex, the leader in GTX here, uh, resplendent in pure carbon fiber. This car is incredibly quick. Had a slightly... Had a couple of teething problems during Q8. I hope they iron those ones out. Well, I think this is the... Uh, this is quick chat here with Philip. Now, Philip, quick word. Um... Are you surprised at how fast this car is? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it's normal. It's a, it's a normal place. Have you, have you made any changes from Q8? Did you learn anything in that first race? Um, yes, we learned a lot of things in, in Q8. Uh, we continue to learn a lot of things here in uh, Abu Dhabi. Uh, it, for us, it's a preparation for the 24 hours of Dubai. And, you, and this is the only car you've got, so you have to be very careful with it here, or do you have a spare car for the, uh, for the 24-hour race? Uh, we have also a spare car in, uh, in the box, and uh, we have two other new cars in uh, south of France, which are uh, actually in building. And, have you, and, and are you going to run, or have you sold these cars to customers? Yes, we, we sold uh, two, two cars in, in January. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> 
Well, you've had a good, you've had a good month. Well, actually, this is convenient because we're actually by the edge here, and they are now shuffling us off the uh, the, uh, the grid, John, shockingly. Uh, so I will pass back to the, the boys, and uh, we will be here with myself and Joe chatting to the great and the good for the six hours of Abu Dhabi. And cook six hours of Abu Dhabi for the Middle East Trophy, uh, the second round for this season. And what a fabulous grid it is for a wee while. We thought perhaps we might not get as many cars here, but actually I think we picked up a couple of entries here. Few down, a couple down on what we will see, we were expecting to see at, at Dubai, but really a superb effort from everybody concerned. And here is how they will line up. It is Haas RT and their Audi on pole position from the Porsche of Car Collection Motorsport on the outside of the front row. I, I actually think that that let the right-hand side might be the better place going into turn one there, but far be it from me to, to say which is the better side for pole position. Uh, then it's Ferrari and Porsche in the shape of Baron Motorsport, the number 86 bright red car, and the black and gold Herbeth car, and uh, it's Antares Au who's going to start that car. Grove Racing in their GT3 Evo AMG have the M4 GT3 of Century Motorsport for company. Carl Cavis, Lewis Plato will start, and Jack Barlow, the all British lineup on row four, uh, row three. Row four, another uh, union flag there for Race Lab, and the McLaren 720, that's another different manufacturer. Only Porsche uh, with multiple cars in the sharp end of the fields. Huber Motorsport in eighth position. Uh, on the outside of row four. On row number five, it's a Tempto racing with their Audi. I'll be started by Alex Arkin. Uh, and a Manamari Energy by EB Motors Porsche, the multicolored 95 car with the F of S in Fabrizio Brogi starting that car. Uh, number 10, uh, position number 10 for the number 95. Just outside those top five rows then, the GT3 AM CP racing car, so different balance of performance and different fueling regs there. We'll keep you up to date with that. And they've got the Goroyan uh, RT by Car Collection Audi, the number 80 alongside the Marcus Winkelhock back in Creventing and will start that car. ERC Bratislava with their Urakan in GT3 AM with Miro Konopka uh, is in position 13. That's the number 44. Then the Vortex uh, with that uh, carbon-coloured 701. Olivia Gomez starts uh, the machine on position 14. Salotchen by Cox Racing. Peter Cox, Stephanie Cox and Nico Pronk, the all-Dutch driving team, in 15th position or on the inside of row number 8. Then the second of the Haas RT machines, the AMG GT3 Evo. Eduardo Bach starts that car. Scott Sport have a Lamborghini Super Trofeo for GTX in 17th position alongside them the Leipert machine the 710 same type of car with Greg Gorski the uh, American that's uh, taking the lead in that uh, radical racer as well there we've got the KTM Crossball more than racing 
Sydney Razoon 7.14, Red Camel Jordan is the best of the GT3 Cup 992 cars there in 20th. Toro Verde uh, for the G56 Cup car. That's the Lawrence Tomlinson, Freddie Tomlinson, Mike Simpson car. That's the Evo car, the white machine. Then Rabdan by Fulgenzi with Porsche. We're right in the GT3 Cups here. QMMF by HRT 931 and the 965 uh, MDM I you uh, the number 965 in 24th. Halfway through the field here. Let's rattle through. Kramer Racing. Uh, K Kramer Racing, the 936 and the 908. Seb Lejeune, both uh, GT Cup cars. K Kramer Racing's 937 and PRP, both GT3 Cup cars in row 14. In row 15, Moulin Motorsport, Peter Turting started. And hello to Marcel Duke, part of the collective who's here helping run that car. The 921 and the 988, more GT3 Porsche Cup cars. 992, NKPP by Baz Kirk. Well, back to Harry Hilders and Geese Besson. A bit worried about this. They want to keep that car in one piece for next weekend, as do Century Motorsport. With Ravi Ramit uh, and Charlie Robinson in the M4 GT4. GPM by Dragon Racing's Mercedes. The 408 is in 33rd. Then we've got the first of the Toyota Gazoo racing cars. This is the UK machine, the, the number 423, and it'll be Kavi uh, Jindu who starts that car. Continental Racing is the other one there, one row further back in 35th, the 496, and they've got AGMC Racing by Simpsons BMW on that row with them. Then it's the P21 Motorsport Porsche and the CWS Engineering Paul sitting car in the TCE category, the G55 from Colin White. That is Colin, the car that Colin is leading off in. Owen Hizzy will start the 277, one row further back. And then it's the RS3 LMS TCR. That's third place in the TCE uh, category or the division, should I say. And then in this fantastic grid into the 40s, Simpson Motorsports, Audi, that's one of the RS3s. Again, we've got the racetrack competition, number 223, and then the 911 GT3 Gen 1 991 of P21 Motorsport uh, as well. That is at position 40. Three. How about that for a grid? We'll bring Phil Anson in in a moment. I've had to give him the rhino dart to calm him down. That's why he hasn't been able to speak. He's been salivating at the thought of these 43 cars. By far the biggest entry that Creventing have had in this Hankook six hours of Abu Dhabi. Round two of the 2023-24 Hankook Middle East Trophy looks absolutely outstanding. Wherever you are in the world, in sound and vision, live, no blocks, no breaks, no interruptions, just racing, six hours on the clock, and as the red lights go out, we are racing at Yas Marina, and one, two, three, four, five, six across the track as the pool sitter defends into the first corner, the Ferrari coming through from the second row, that's Peter Barron and the Barron Motorsport Ferrari, the bright red machine. Everyone through to three quarters of the way down the grid has made it through the first corner in front of the mass ranks of photographers. Good, very good international as well as local media presence here at the weekend. They'll stream down to the far end of the circuit, furthest away from us. And it's still four across the track. And the side-by-side -side for the lead. And Barron's going round the outside at the hairpin at turn number seven. And has to drop, uh, turn number five, excuse me, has to drop back in. So very racy, very early on in what is the shortest distance of race that we ever have in the Kravendik Hankook 24-hour series. 
and Phil Anson, what a view of those cars coming through to turn one and what a start. This looks like a traffic jam on the 311 coming down through Sharjah on a Friday morning. Uh, it's even worse than that, Jordan. I thought I'd never say those words. Hello to you. Hello, everybody. Lamborghini's going off track there, just trying to get a little bit of space. But we got the 918 turned around down at turn six. Has already found the right gear. Stephen Licorice in that uh, grey and multicoloured Porsche. And he heads back into the action as the leaders are still scrapping it out in underneath the hotel for the first time of action. The uh, first time of asking <laughs> with the asking and the action. Really nowhere other than one line there. And it's actually off camber there, all the way underneath the hotel. You don't see that until you actually get it ground level here. And it is scary because the back end of the car just wants to disappear into the wall all the time. Tire temperature's not coming up, just getting up to level at the moment. But these mid-pack battles, they just stayed off each other. Unbelievable. It's a Porsche Cup race in it the midfield with the 992 <laughs> category being huge. And we've got a 992 only race at Spa. Oh. Later on, the 992 effectively trophy race. Porsche Motorsport getting right behind that with Creventic uh, later on in the year. And I can't wait for that. That's a road trip. I'll be driving out to that one. In um, Porsche? Well, I'm, I'm going to be having a word with Porsche GB <laughs> to see what we might be able to take down there just for a bit of fun. Three across the oh. track. Again, into the braking area at turn five and letting everybody know where they are. I, I, I do think this is... I mean, it's great racing because racing room's been asked for and given. Yeah. This is the beauty of the wider parts of this circuit. There are alternate lines. A wide circuit, that. Also, team managers would have been in the driver's ear. We've got to get the car to the end of the race and we possibly have a 24-hour race next weekend. Yeah. Don't bin it on the first lap. Just uh, make your measure. The Vortex doing very nicely in amongst this gaggle of cars as uh, they head out onto the back straight. Tire temperatures coming up now. Tire pressures coming up. Everybody's starting to settle in to what the track feels like. At RSL underscore studio on the socials, please, if you are joining us in the early morning, uh, just after 6 o'clock in the UK, just after 7 in Central Europe, uh, early hours, very early hours of the morning on the East Coast. I suspect we've got some West Coast uh, viewers and listeners uh, before they've gone to bed uh, joining us from the past. What a great opening to this race. Don't pin it on the first lap. Uh, don't pin it on the 101st lap either, because that's even worse, because it's less time to fix it. Right out to the edge of the circuit coming uh, through underneath the hotel, through 15, now into 16, this Porsche battle in the midfield. Uh, coming out of that hotel section, on the right-hand side, just over that Armco barrier, is water. That is the middle part of Yas Marina, and there are boats parked there. Um, I think that probably parked is not the technical term. Boats are moored up. Moored up, yes. yes, I think that is where we need to be with that. Um, obviously, on Grand Prix weekend, it's quite full. Um, today, we could have parked our canoe there. Yeah, we could have, yes. although we did, we did get a thank you very much to Chris Jordan and Porsche Middle East for our Cayenne. We were right on pool position coming in early this morning and coming in in a bit of style battle for the lead then heavy breaking again from Harsarty and Mathieu Dutray leading out in the mostly blue number 21 uh, with Philip Barron of 
Baron Motorsport, who has tracked him basically since turn three. And at this time of the day, that's all right, but you cannot sit that close behind. No. Through turn nine at the moment, I did notice that Philip took a different line there and just got half a car, maybe three quarters of a car wider. That's to get a bit of air onto the front of that car, not necessarily for aerodynamic effect, although that will help there on one of the faster corners, Phil, but that's to keep the, uh, that's to keep the Ferrari engine cool. Yeah, and also he's getting disturbed air from that one, and he had a little twitch in the middle of that, uh, on the entry into that corner, and uh, we were seeing that uh, from one of the support races in the Ferrari as well, and in the 488 Challenge Evo, uh, having issues on turning on that turn nine, it just seems to upset the uh, the Ferrari a little bit. And the Porsche was much more stable through there, as was um, uh, the Hass RT Audi as uh, they went through. Further down the field, the battle in GT4. 408 that is the EMG GT4 and the Lamara right in behind that as well uh, that car unique in this field one of the number of uh, purpose-built racing cars that uh, BOP'd into this particular balance of performance limits. into this track limits for Janetta and a locked right front Hankook there for one of the two column white Janettas in the field. Who's making up positions? Well, Peter Cox in the Saloshin by Cox Racing Porsche. He's up to eighth place. Eduardo Bachi for the second of the Haas RT car. That's the AMG. He's up to ninth. And it's Fabrizio Progi. Take things easy in the multicolored EB Motors Porsche. The Manamari energy car that was so much a battle. Part of that battle at the sharp end of the field. In the 992 category, Paul sitting Porsche number 909. I think that's going to be one we're going to have to keep uh, an eye on. And uh, they've been passed by Cameron McLeod for Kirkheimer Racing and for the Neuhofer Rennsport uh, Felix Neuhofer driven car. So does that, in that case, uh, that means that the 992 category, Christopher Zirkling is leading that at the moment. So there has been a little bit of jiggery and porkery in 992 category because MDM is listed in second with Tom Coronel had a spin yesterday caused a red flag very briefly in qualifying then Michele Di Martino is third for Kramer Racing uh, and at the moment then the 909 has dropped down the field uh, with Fabian Dance to seventh position and I think the reason for that is, John, remember qualifying was done on a combined three-driver time. So it all depends on what driver you've put in first, whether you've put in a That's junior driver. And so they're changing position on possibly on, you know, um, how skilled or very skilled the driver is to make up positions early on in the race. And they will have been given a task. So they'll be set. So Fabian Dance, don't go and try and fight at the front of the field and get pumped. Punched, punched yep. off. We want you to put in a solid hour and three quarters or two hours. Can we do two hours yep. in the drive? Can we do two hours in the car, remember? Um, we want you to put your solid lap times in, get yourself settled, stay out of trouble, and we'll work the strategy from there. 909, of course, is the Red Camel Jordan's car, and that's Paul Truswell, who is at the circuit this weekend. They spent a lot of time making sure they knew exactly what their fuel burn was going to be in qualifying, so they didn't overfuel the car. Yep. Uh, and have to carry around too much weight and they will have worked it out to the millilitre. Leaders across the line 
again on the far side of the circuits. That's the the uh, support pits, effectively. Completely separate infrastructure over there. You even come in a different gate, and you've got a different paddock. Really well thought out here. We don't always see all of the infrastructure being sweated on the Grand Prix weekend. It kind of happens, but we don't see the ins and outs of it. Here, the, the, <laughs> the main pit lane is actually quite quiet because it's, it's really only got... Uh, the Creventic cars in and a, a couple of the other series yep. and they're spread between the paddocks it's working very very well on, on what is a busy weekend what have we got five five series, series. Yeah, yeah five series and uh, the we've got uh, Formula Regional and Formula 4 they're in the support paddock and they start from that um, they start the far cut side grid grid yeah they, they do all of their work from there because that's where you know that's where they have to do their pits you know so that means they're straight into the chicane well they're straight into turn nine seven. that's turn nine yeah. yeah they're straight into turn nine which is a really really interesting way because there's multiple lines through that yeah, corner that. as you just said i love that yeah uh, we're going to start some lappery <laughs> we are just five laps in there's half a second between the top two at the moment then a couple of seconds back to bmw audi and audi and Marcus Winkelhock in fifth position in the blue and orange number 90s. We've got a battle for the lead with the traffic. Now, Ooh. did the pink Porsche play a part there? The 43rd position car looking extremely stock. It is a 991.1, that car. And a little bit of defending in the middle of the road by the Haas RT driver, Mathieu Dutrey, round the outside. Baron, Philip Baron has tried that one before through six and seven. Now back on the throttle over the curving run past those support pits and again right in the middle of the road nice driving by the Porsche driver who lets the battle for issue. I think he's got an issue no I think he's just keeping out the way just have a look at the rear right of that car let's have a look as he goes through I'll check his lap times um, it's the car that is uh, in last position at the moment and has been lap but of course running its own race several classes here this is the P21 Correct. Yeah, or a at the wheel. Sort of sweating the uh, the excitement in the movie award season for Barbie there with the uh, the pink, the big colours. Yes. Margot Robbie couldn't turn up this weekend. Apparently, they were hoping they were hoping for that. Yeah. Down through this very fast end of the lap again for the leaders, and over again a little rise. Again, you don't see this until you're here on the ground looking at it, but turn 16, then you drop over the top. If you get slightly sideways there, the camber and the fall away is not helping. It's subtle. The rise and falls are subtle here, and the battle for thirds beginning to heat up with the BMW of Attempt Tour Racing and Alex Arkin that very brightly coloured front end of the BMW through the danger area in turn three. We just come over the crest, the car goes light. And that number 99, that's Alex in that car following Lewis Plato for Century Motorsport, the BMW, then Winkelhock. Just a couple of three cars lengths further back as they come down to the heavy braking area in turn five, but it's a wide entry. And you really have to keep your wits about you coming down now into six and seven we've seen plenty of passing there with the old over and under the wide and cut back a little bit of resurfacing there as well that gives plenty of grip and at the front of the field now has there been a little mistake there by philip Barron? because all of a sudden there's two three four five cars lengths between hass rt 
and the second place Ferrari. I think he, he uh, I saw him get very squirrely under brakes, lose the back end on coming out of turn 16 as well. So I think he just was overdriving the car a little bit, asking a little bit too much of the Hankook tyres and just decided to uh, just uh, breathe. It's four hours and uh, five hours and 46 minutes to go this time. He's interested because the TCE TCX class battle ahead of them are two Audi RS3s and that's what they'll come up to next and they're having their own little scrap this is danger time for the leader oh. and here comes Machu to try but he's met them at a good point he's a he's past them going across the start finish line can Barron get through he's got to leave his braking lane come from the middle of the road that will compromise his exit from turn one but he does get through but he hasn't been able to close in Beautiful conditions here, temperatures just starting to rise. We started off at 19 Celsius. It will warm up to mid to late 20s is what the weather folk have told us today. Yeah, time to take the jacket off. <laughs> Your mind's come off, uh, definitely. So that battle of the Audis, by the way, uh, that was the two cars, that's uh, AC, and James Kerr and even Stanchion for Simpson Motorsport and Ruben Costa it was in the P21 721 pink Porsche that was lapped first of all but did a good job in staying out of the way of the leaders let's look down into the mid-teens 15th and 16th position Grove Racing Stephen Grove with the AMG and Porsche right up his tailpipes there and that's Christopher Zirkling for the Rabdan by Fulgenzi car that's the leading 992 Cup class car getting a nice drag at the moment don't have as much aero on those cars but you can see how much air has been moved by the AMG because the bonnet area which is actually of course not a bonnet boot. it's a the yeah trunk. it's a boot it's a luggage compartment yes front trunk um, it, it's in the uh, it's in the gap of the air and it's flapping around a little bit, which is uh, very Porsche-like. Then the bright yellow Lamborghini comes through. That's uh, Miko Konopka, 15th in GT. Then the white Ginetta, the Toro Verde car, Freddie Tomlinson starting that. That's second in GTX to the uh, Vortex, which is further up the field. So plenty of battles in classes as well as Lappery going on. Marcus Wiegelhock got past um, Alex Arkin on that lap as well, uh, moving the uh, Gorian um, RT. And uh, I think that was a change of position there. Felix yeah. Neuhofer going past Peter Turting. That was for third, Merlin Motorsport. Merlin Motorsport going back to fourth there, the blue and white Porsche making up a position. I did say <laughs> Porsche Cup race. Here we go. It's just a six-hour Porsche <laughs> Cup race. <laughs> oh, that's These cars are outstanding. Still have the flat six, four-litre, normally aspirated oh, engine. That's going to live for a little longer yet. Some changes coming for 992.2 in terms of the engine set up and uh, there'll still be flat sixes but uh, slight changes to how Porsche are moving forward with their street cars but it's not going to affect the cup cars still as I say 507 horsepower or thereabouts that uh, racing sequential gearbox running on 18 inch rims for the Carrera Cups and Super Cups around the world and they make remind ourselves ladies and gentlemen uh, the longest Carrera Cup or Super Cup race is around about 50 minutes.
So these cars do something between half an hour and 50 minutes. That's what they were built for. And they have turned into very, very impressive endurance yes, racing cars. Indeed. They get a few additions, uh, like uh, uh, bigger fuel tanks, uh, lighting packages, etc., etc., air conditioning as well. Um, you can have the ABS option as well, because the Carrera Cup North America does have that, actually. Uh, they did take that box. Uh, and they have just turned themselves into, down through the years, very, very competent endurance racing cars, which sit just slightly below the level of the GT3R, which is the cars that are further up the foot. Yeah, and to carry on with that point, we've also got some 991 Cup cars yeah, no, running in the well. 9.1. Two running in the GTX class and uh, one running in the GT3 category. So they've got longevity, John, and they've been racing. Those ones have started out as Cup cars. 20-minute races, now they're doing full-blown endurance. Well, and it, it's, a, it's a testament to Porsche that there's been uh, evolution, not revolution, on exactly. those cars. The engines are basically the same. The running gear has changed a little bit down through the years, and, of course, the body shape has changed significantly with the 992. Um, much bigger car, much wider car, that much more adjustability on the aero, even on the cup car. Battle for third, fourth and fifth, going through traffic. And at the moment, Lewis Plato for Century in the multicoloured BMW with the Union flag on the end of the rear. Aerofoil uh, in third and also leading Pro-Am. Uh, and in fact, the first two cars are in Am class. So we've got Am, Am, Pro-Am, then GT3, which is Marcus Winkelhock, then the attempt to a racing car uh, next up. And then Charles Esplanade, who's worked his way up to sixth he position. He started 11th. Yeah, in 11th position. Wow. I think I know why the GT3 cars, they've been hit with a 30-kilo ballast penalty for both of the, the running in pure GT3, not Pro-Am or Am. So they got that, and they've also had five litres of fuel taken away from their allowance. One of the drivers that Nick spoke to on the grid frame, Finn uh, Gazitz. For Huber Motorsports, he is in ninth position, having just moved up there, gone past Justin Plattner for car connection last time around in that Porsche GT3 battle. That was GT3 versus Pro-Am. Philip Barron just lost touch with the leader for a moment and has one of the GR Supras right there. And a little bit further back down the field. We are battling for 8th and ninth. Eduardo backing the Hassar team Mercedes has got the multicoloured number 50. There he is. That's Finn. He's the man on the move. And the tricolour coloured red, white and blue Porsche moves up another position after we've talked talk about him. Now, CWS into the pit lane. And that is one of their two entries. Uh, Colin White at the wheel of that one at the moment. That was the best, better qualifying of yep. the two, Phil. And the 278 is into the pits, goes up on the jacks. Now, does this look even reasonably like it was planned? Nick Damon and uh, Das Camera Machine <laughs> uh, with Seb with him. Nick, what is, is this? This doesn't look standard for Colin. What is something's happening actually in the footwell, but the uh, dolly jacks are going under the car, so it's going to be a wheeled back into the box. I've been told, Nick, I've been told from uh, Natasha, who was watching the, the uh, lap times for us back in Cologne, that car was slow in the last sector. Yeah, 
they're not looking at anything immediately mechanical. They were looking at football stuff. There's no smoke, and there's no, which is often what happens with these uh, occasions. The car is rolled back on the jolly, 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 uh, dolly jacks into the pits. But yeah, so there's no immediate panic around anything mechanical at the moment. And they are, yeah, social ships pictures can cut up for those of you watching and listening. But what he now has two mechanics in the passenger footwell, and this being a UK car, the passenger footwell is on the left-hand side. It's a right-hand drive car. And uh, I'm going to see if I can pick the gun, and I'll find out. And I'll, if, if I can find what it is, I'll come back. I like Jolly Dax, actually. I think that's, uh, that's even better. Um, I, I, I think Jolly Dax was two years older than me at school. Um, balled a little bit of uh, off-spin, if I remember nicely. <laughs> Uh, 11 laps in, and the gap at the front of the field. Matthew Detray has made the best of traffic, and he's pulled out to almost two seconds now from Philip Barron and Barron Motorsport. That's the Audi number 21 from the Ferrari, number 86. Lewis Plato in third for BMW. Battles right down the top 10 at the moment. Car on the move, undoubtedly Finn Gersitz, along with Charles Esplanade and Peter Cox. They're in sixth, seventh, and eighth. And just behind them, Fabrizio Brogi is having a bit of a scrap as well he's got the vortex right underneath the rear wing of the multicoloured Porsche the all carbon vortex eyes they've got a flash button that's something <laughs> that's something new and uh, down at turn five different entry and exits there but the Porsche gets the power down while we watch that let's go back to Nick with an update from Janetta yeah, very quick update from uh, Collins' co-driver in the 278, Mark Griffith. It is a gear selection issue, which is obviously something to do with the uh, the paddle shift and the electronic selection and the hydraulic selection, because they are not looking at the gearbox or in the car. They are looking at the methodology of getting the information to the bits that change gear. Uh, change the steering wheel, maybe. Uh, that would be one thing. Actuator, perhaps. Uh, some kind of software. Oh, you hate that. That's very unusual in those G55s. They are exceedingly... Uh, reliable at that sort uh, uh, on the driveline side of things uh, V6 Ford based power unit as the Lamara goes a wee bit wide trying to work out what car from the past the Lamara livery reminds me of with that white green and blue and it's just it's sitting there just out of reach at the back of my mind it's driving me bonkers I think it's probably a rally car livery I'll come back to you on that or you can tell me what does it remind you of that Lamara uh, white with uh, lime green and blue striping uh, it's at RSL underscore studio uh, leaders then coming through traffic all the time in the battle for third fourth and fifth and it looks as though Lewis Plato has got away a little bit. He was a super quick starter at Kuwait Motor Town. Marcus Winkelhock in the Groyan RT by Car Collection Motorsport is gaining and having a look at the back. Now, Marcus has to be very careful. He's already been pinged for track limits. Oh. He's on his... They, we see it every three track limits we get a notification the next three if he does three more he'll get a 10 second penalty so he needs to be very careful also car number 50 is being uh, done for the first lot of uh, track limits as well that's, that's a Cuba motorsport car yeah that's Finn Gerbretz Gerzitz excuse me Finn um, who has charged up through the field Lewis Plate are doing a cracking job holding those two low slung machines behind him, the Audi and the 
Lamborghini very much closely related, using the same V10 engine and gearbox. Lamborghini about to come and play at the top level of endurance racing. The SE63 GTP LMDH car making its debut at Sebring in a few weeks' time. And we will have coverage of qualifying for the Rolex 24 later on today. Live in sound and vision. It doesn't overlap with this, it's a huge weekend. And next weekend, Rolex and Dubai 24 hours. Well, there's a little bit of overlap, but not that much because the time changes. So you will be able to see the starts and finishes independently. And we'll have teams at both of those. So you do not have to miss Abu Dhabi and the 24 hours. It will be Phil and Andrew Marriott on duty in the booth with Diana Binks, presumably without her bobble hat uh, next weekend. I don't think she'll need it. Uh, ably assisted by our uh, Silver Fox and Peter Snowden, whilst the rest of us are on duty in Florida. With jackets on. Yeah, it's not going to be too bad, I don't think, in Florida. Nowhere near as close to freezing as it was uh, a few years ago. So we're, we're getting into the... What I'm saying is we're getting into the start yes. of the endurance racing season. This race becomes the first international endurance race of 2024 and we're here for you of course with radio show limited our commitment to world-class endurance racing continues uh, we'll be bringing you all kinds of additional programming this year from the world endurance championship from imsa from hanker kreventic we'll be at bathurst in a few weeks time as well for the repco bathurst 12 hours Hello to Richard Creel, who I know will be keeping a little eye on this if he's calmed down from... <laughs> he's still on the ceiling, from, seriously. Yeah, from uh, the <laughs> big bash yesterday when Perth got massively turned over. Mullet. By the strikers. So at the front of the field now, Philip Barron has Ooh. bided his time. He's found some pace. He goes down the inside. This is a change of lead, the first change of the lead of the Hancock. Six hours down at turn five. Well, that was good patience shown by Phil Barron in the Ferrari. Fought his way back to the rear wheel of Matthew Dutray. He's not giving this up. This is a wide track. There's two or three cars width between them as they go down into six and seven. And Dutray takes a very, very late apex out through seven. He'll get a good run here. He's pulling up. He's down to under a car's width. Now, has he got the ponies to get alongside? It looks like Barron realises he's staying all the way over to the blue stripe on the left-hand side. You can drive the outside line here through the slightly banked parabolic at turn nine. But the Audi just hasn't got the front end grip there, Phil. No, that. Uh, but I think the Ferrari's settled down, just uh, bided his time, and uh, was watching where the Audi was, um, where he could pounce on the Audi. And I think, and I think to be perfectly honest, the Audi did run very wide at turn five, and I don't think that was accidental. I think it was just get off my back. We've got a long way to go, five and a half hours to go. Are, they, are these two have pulled out nearly 12 seconds? Yeah, they're just... And they're both AM cars. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Dutra and Philip Barron are a highly skilled drivers. Oh, that's very tight on track limits from Indeed. Phil Barron. And as he came through turn 16, runs over the double width curb there. And then there's, you run out of grip with the left-hand side handcuffs, and then you hit the down slope, which doesn't help you drag it back on the track in one iota. But he's managed to make that work for him. He had half a second in the line, and he's pulled out another 10 foot two as they crest the rise at turn three. Head down through the kink at four, in the braking area at five. It was one lap ago, 3.281 miles ago that he took the lead there, and he's held on to it. Second place now for Matthew to train. Marcus Vingelhock's gone up into third as well while we were watching the battle for the lead. So it's Audi second and third now for the Gorion by car collection. That means Lewis Plato has had to give up third place, drops down to fourth, attempt to race. It's Audi in fifth, top six made up by the third place GTE, uh, GT3 arm car, and that's Charles Espinel up from 11th. Then he's got Peter Cox in the Porsche, the number 48, the Salachin machine. Finn gets it, continues his move up the field. He's now in eighth position. Antares out for Herbeth in the black and gold car. In ninth and the top ten is Eduardo Bacci for Haas RT in the Mercedes. They're all GE3 cars. In fact, the top dozen are with car collections, Porsche and the EB Motors car. Fabrizio Brogi just ploughing his own furrow at the moment, but still within a minute of the leader. Just outside the top dozen, Oli Gomez in the Vortex leads GTX. In, G in the 992 Cup class, it's Christopher Zirkling in 14th position in the wrap down by Fulgenzi Porsche. That's the number 971. Battles further down that category, of course, as you might imagine. Uh, there's, I think, seven of them nose to tail. In GT4 Century Motorsport, Ravi Ramied for Century in the 429 is in 31st position ahead of the best of the Toyotas which is Vasily Vladikin for Continental Racing. They've got across the Yeah, they've got across uh, the gap and got into second. And then it's the Simpson BMW in third position. That's how it stands in the GT categories. We have the McLaren in the fuel bay. Now, the fuel bay is before oh. you get into the pit lane here at the Yas Marina Circuit. You come around the pit lane. You're in the fast lane and you turn right into the pit lane. You go down alongside the medical centre back around to the helipad <laughs> then you uh, Gravendig have bought their six brand new pumps down here mm. which uh, do all of the uh, calculations and we'll get into that a bit later on and how fuel flow and how many litres you're allowed um, with your car but when you come out you cross over the fast lane coming in so the fast lane has right of way oh, yeah. before you go back and then enter you're in the 40k zone 20k in the, in the fuel zone then you get back up to 40k to run down to the pits on your right hand side we mentioned the 992 battles going on. Uh, the number 909 is in the thick of that. Fabian Dance in between Tom Coronel and Abdullah Ali Al-Khalifi. The QMMF by HRT. Good to see uh, those guys back and racing. And just ahead of them is Fabian Dance. Ahead of Fabian is Tom Coronel in the red-white and grey 965 then it's felix neuhofer in the 988 which is the mostly grey with red striping car as they come across the line now and head towards turn one uh, felix absolutely chilling on a sunday morning here <laughs> hasn't even got his headlights on dear notice lights are on yes because they, they all run with those but uh, the guys behind with their headlights on full beam 
giving it full beans as well. Uh, let's head back down to Nick Damon in the pit lane. What you got, Nick? Uh, first actual pit stop, which is the 13 uh, McLaren. It's not uh, our first visit by GT3 McLaren for many a year as well yeah. at the Hancock Series. Probably four or five years since we last had one. He's lucky Kiera, who's in the car. He hasn't got out. And, I'm not, and I, was, I was thinking this is out of sequence. I thought we'd be seeing a puncture because they put a complete set of boots on it. But no, all tyres are inflated. No obvious reason for the car. No, they didn't look at anything. So just like they short fueled him, and it's part of the way you always back timing six hours from as soon as you start John yes that is a very good point you start the strategy very very early here Marcus Winkelhock has peeled off I'm, I'm suggesting that We're that's just over half hour yes but that means he'll get one more hour and yes. he's only allowed to do an hour and a half so what you're doing here is you get Marcus is going to either get out of that car and put in one of the other drivers and save his final hour for later or he's going to do his full one hour and 30 minute stint. Good morning to Josh Barrett, to Kevin Luther, to Jerry Z. Jerry Z tuned in at uh, the very early hours of the morning. What is it? Half past one in the morning in Florida in sound and vision. Getting a little bit of uh, Middle Eastern sunshine through the sound and vision for all of you who are tuned in at RSL in underscore studio. Thank you very much indeed for your support this Sunday morning, busy Sunday as it is. Stay with us right throughout the day and uh, we'll give you a couple of hours after we're finished here in Abu Dhabi at Yas Marina. So grab yourself something to eat, take a deep breath and then we're qualifying for the Rolex 24 later on. Next weekend, Dubai 24, full coverage of that for you starting on Friday. It's a Saturday-Sunday race, remember now. Uh, gone are the days of the Friday-Saturday race, so we'll have qualifying for you into the darkness on Friday night, and then the full race Saturday through and Night practice as Sunday. well, I think. Yeah, night practice as well. One of my, always one of my favourite sessions, that, Phil. It is indeed. Um, we've had our first um, time penalty, and unfortunately, it's for Colin White in the 278 in the pits with that gear selector problem. He came into the pits a bit too quick, and he's picked up 18 seconds of time penalty. If your day's going bad, it's just getting worse. And that 18 seconds is... Uh, there's a there's a calculation, isn't there, how far yeah. over the, the speed limit you are, you so get a certain amount been, of seconds. He would have been nine uh, kilometres an hour over the speed limit because it's uh, two, two seconds per kilometre an hour. Had a little incident between a couple of Porsches, the Alex Arkin machine, the Attempto Racing, sorry, that's the Audi, uh, and the... Number 992, Porsche Cup class car, that's under investigation. We'll keep you abreast of that. Uh, it looks like Winkelhock is out he of is, the number yes. 80 car. Nick Damon is there. Yep, in has got uh, Roman Mavlinov into the 80 car, racing for Armenia, and he is Armenian. Winkelhock uh, has get out. He's obviously got the first half hour in the start, so they've, uh, again, this is... This is not, he's walking away in a weird way. I think he got run over. I think he's, he's got... <laughs> He got lightly clipped by the wheels as he was a bit too close. I think he may have got run over, but I'll, I'll ask you about that in a minute. Obviously, I'm working in a second. But yeah, it's, it's, this is really, really interesting because normally nothing happens for like 45 minutes or an hour at the start of the 12 or 24 hour races. But we're seeing people tactically stopping now because they have to try and work out, as you say, John. Certainly, they're pro drivers, they've got an hour and a half and work out how to use that best. And also, you know, 
you've got three or four drivers, you can't divide a three driver by two hours because you need two hours in a minute. That's too long. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a much more interesting tactical concept, this six-hour race, than you initially think. Totally agree with you, Nick. Uh, I think it's, it's going to keep us on our toes as well. <laughs> and uh, keeping Marcus Winkelhoff on his toes as well was uh, one of the hand-kicked tyres. <laughs> Just <laughs> driving across his left foot as it pulled out. Now, are we looking at a damaged rim? At a damaged rim, or was it a problem with the valve? They seem to be putting something next there. Uh, was that a problem with the valve? Because they were putting some moose or something on it to see if it was blowing air out. Nick's peering at it right now. Oh, no, it's a puncture. puncture. Oh. Nick Damon. Yeah, they're checking the punctures. There is a hole uh, where the Hankook man's finger is right now. He's taking a picture of the hole. I can point you the hole there. There's the hole. Um, they seem to see what, what the uh, pressure loss. Now, well, that may have been. They've changed the tactics. We may have been... The, yeah, they weren't going to run half now. They're going to run 45 minutes. Wow. Kind of uh, with a, a bit of pressure loss. But they... Uh, I mean, in fairness, the tyre still looks very inflated. It looked very inflated when it came in the car. But obviously, performance machines do get affected by two or three pounds of pressure where we just ignore them until the... Uh, <laughs> The, uh, you know, no, the warning light comes no. on, and then we kind of go, no, oh, you God. don't. Not the rear left again. I've got to no, pump you, up a kid, you have might I? do. I, I, I hate that. <laughs> well, yeah, I how, many, how many times I have I called <laughs> in at your house on my motorcycle because yeah, I've lost point, half yeah. a pound? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've sat, I, I know my rear left is a very slow puncture. By being very, I mean like a pound over three weeks. And so I pump it up four too many, and then three months later I have to pump it up again, but I leave it for a fortnight before I do it, you know. And it pings at me every time, because obviously it's an Audi, so it pings at you well, forever. That is, one thing, thank you, that is one thing, of course, that has transferred across tyre pressure sensors, uh, tyre pressure, and sometimes tyre uh, temperature as well, certainly on the, my daily. You've got a little blue line next to your tyre pressure sensor that comes up a little bit, then it goes yellow, then it goes orange, and... And it goes green, and if you push too hard, it gets into the red. It's uh, amazing. <laughs> but, yeah, I haven't Bad. had it into the red, you'll be pleased to know. Alex Arkin has picked up a 10-second penalty um, in the 99 Nintendo Racing Audi for causing a collision. So right. uh, but that has just popped up on the penalty trade. Um, infringement on general code of driving conduct. So that was with the number 992 car, the Harry Hilders NKPP by Baz Cowton. Uh, uh, racing and Harry and he's better wanting to keep that car in one piece of it will not be best place I had a chat and I said all you got to do is watch out for the other idiots he said yes we can only keep out of the way in certain places and not underneath the hotel so if that's happened underneath the hotel Harry and Geese are going to be round slapping me round the head saying that it was, was a turn 12 oh. so it happened coming into the hotel. No way! <laughs> yeah, Captain coming into the hotel. So right. I, I pre-cursed of the commentator. <laughs> oh, Problem big problems. AMG number 92. This is an issue with the left rear of the car for Eduardo Bacci in the Haas RT. Now, is that on the ground or is that something more sinister from the motive power unit of the AMG GT3? Look, oh, it's it's coming out of the oh well, it's hard to see it i was going to say out the left hand side exhaust uh, stay with us for a moment uh, whilst we try and check this out nick's got marcus winkelhock we'll keep an eye on that as he speaks to the man who's just got out of the number 80 car 
Marcus, uh, a very short first stint. Was that short because you had a, a, a slow punch or that was the tactics? Yeah, no, it was not a tactics. We had a slow punch on the left front, unfortunately. Um, yeah, but that's, that's the way it is. Uh, now we have to change the strategy a little bit for the race, unfortunately. But um, we will see. Um, the race is still a long way to go. Carbo is okay. He had a little bit too much understeer, uh, but it was quite quite great to drive. So um, I'm looking forward for the for the for the rest of the race now. You had a couple of battles. You've got to pick up a couple of uh, track limits as well. Is, is it, you say you had the understeer. Was that the reason you were finding it hard to stay on track? Yeah, once I had because of understeer. Um, once it was yeah because I was like battling with somebody and, and I was actually too close and I didn't see it, if it's track limits or not in the car. Um, yeah. But now we have to be a bit more carefully until the end of the race. Are you in the team? Are you staying up for, for the Dubai 24 hours in this team as well? Are you staying here in this area for the 24 hours in Dubai as well? Or is this... Yes, I do. I will be uh, with a different team, same car. But um, yeah, I will be. I will join Dubai next week as well. A final question. Did they run over your foot when you left? Did you get your foot run over? What did I? Did they? We thought you saw you got your foot run over by the car. Yeah, no, no, no. I lost one of the badges. It was the Hankook one, and it was it got stuck here in the car. I lost it in the car, and it was over there. That's, I just took it off. Ah, <laughs> I wonder you. what he'd been doing. There you go. Must grab him later on in the race if we can, and uh, ask him what he thinks about what's going on with the Nurburgring uh, and the endurance racing series there this year. I link him and his family, of course. With, uh, with that, uh, those events. Uh, Nick Damon, back to you in the pit lane where the HassRT EMG, a car they've recently acquired from China, is back in the pit lane. Yeah. Not good news. No, it smells of oil. I mean, I, I mean obviously, if, if I was Joe, I'd be tasting the oil, but it smells of oil. They've also just uh, doused the engine bay with the extinguisher. I don't see any flames, but I think they're worried about leaking oil onto an exhaust pipe catching. But it is uh, absolutely 100% an engine problem. Now, interestingly, it's not smoking. It is smoking even probably from the front of the engine. So it's uh, blind. That is horrible. Um, yeah, so they, uh, they have a, a, a motive problem. And I would expect in a six-hour race with an issue with your engine, that's probably this one done. Yeah, they're not going to get rid of all of that foam off that engine very, very quickly indeed with those five hours, 16 minutes to go. Um, as they, the, the crew are busily um, trying to move that car and uh, get it out of the, the pit lane. They may be having trouble engaging, engaging the gears with uh, that motor not running. And now they've got, got it mobile. But um, I saw also, John, a lot of cars sliding around. So I dare say there was a little bit of oil down on the circuit. The Lamborghini um, uh, took... Uh, <laughs> Amiro Konopka had a big slide um, in turn nine. So you can see that there is oil down now on there. Oh, um... That shouldn't be outside the engine. That's uh, essential <laughs> fluid. Yes, that should be. Mercedes don't run a constant loss system. No, not not these days. No. Th those days are Some long. of my old ones used to. Them. Yeah, those days are long, long gone. Well, there is the second problem already with barely 45 minutes on the clock uh, with Colin White CWS G55 with a gearbox. Actuator issue, we believe, and then the Haas RT AMG coming in. That car recently acquired for for that team. Talking to them earlier on in the week, they've been doing a lot of work bringing that car up to their exacting standards. 
maybe not quite got through the full job lists there. That car leaking oil. Let's get back to the battles then. At the front of the field, Philip Barron, only two tenths of a second ahead of what is now a two-car battle, two-Audi battle. Mathieu Dutrey, and then sitting in behind them is a lapped car trying to come back through. It's the car collection machine that is down in... Where is that? That's uh, Roman uh, Mavlanov, I think, in the car collection Goryan uh, machine. I think that's number 80. Yes, it is. Of course it is, because they've made their pit stop. So, that yes. was Winkelhock's car. Yes. Um, and, well, that's really interesting, isn't it? Because he was battling around that area, and by the time he's taken the pit stop and got back out again, he's actually dropped two laps to the leaders but they haven't made their stop yet well, and, the, and he's presumably got fuel in for quite a long time because he only burned half an hour at the start of the race and uh, to make matters worse they've just picked up a 10 second time penalty for track limits at turn four Ooh. which means they're going to do that now all of the track limits are happening at turn four and that's a little kink after turn three the race directors were really really specific about that they actually put a screen up there they parked their Camaro safety car saying this is legal this is not Okay, because you can shortcut that, and it's a definite advantage. You're short, you're shortcutting the circuit um, by putting four wheels over that curb, and that is where all of our six track limits have come from so far. It, when we talk about track limits, you have to, and, and all of the uh, collective members who are also members of the Orange Army or the White Army in the States always tell me this, and by the way, thank you all to our volunteer officials, marshals, uh, the people who wave us in and help us park our cars and check our passes. We cannot come motor racing without you. But all of the flag stroke uh, post marshals tell me that it's what they're looking for in terms of track limits and a, a report is an advantage of time and or distance. Yes. So if you've gone off because you've made a mistake and you end up three cars whipped off the track, but you've lost two seconds because you were broad, broadside as you did it, you're not going to get pinged for that. But if you are taking advantage of time and or distance, then you will get the report. And turn four is a perfect place because you're yeah. straight lining it. Exactly. And uh, the other one is turn 16. If you stay wide out there and get off the sawtooth, you can actually gain advantage down the start-finish straight. In qualifying yesterday, if you did that there, you'd lose that lap and the next lap as well because you get the advantage of speed down into turn one. And also oh, problem. turn one. Oh, I, I thought there was a problem there for the leader. He was so far off to the right-hand side of the track, but what he was trying to do was get past the two battling Audis who are still battling. It's the, nine, uh, the 936 Porsche, actually, is uh, just in front of them as well. Then the Audi uh, TCR car. And the leader's going through there at the moment. Very easy to lock a wheel up. That's the AC Audi, the 188, the blue car. And running down in 40th position. James Kay at the wheel of that one. Yeah, nice to see James. And that's got the next generation of Neil racing in that one Ooh. as well. Matt Neil is here. Uh, his son, Henry, is uh, is here. And he's almost as tall as he's dad. Yeah. Matt, uh, Matt actually was the first person we saw as we pulled into the circuit and came up through the back of the pit lane. Um, and 
I waved at him and he looked completely blankly at me because he clearly wasn't expecting me to be driving a locally rented <laughs> car. Yet. So when I when I got out and we start we, we walked back to pick up credits and that, he went, Oh, that was you! I went, Yes, it was me. <laughs> Peter Cox has pulled up to sixth position in the Salochin by Cox Racing 911 GT3 R. This is the 991 Gen 2 shape of the full GT3 car. So not yet the latest version of the car. Well, do you know what? No, I think that is a 992. Different rear wing to race to Oh, yes. So, yeah. yes, yeah, that's how you tell. Sorry, yeah. I was looking at the car behind you, there for you, a moment. You schooled me on that, John. Yes. <laughs> so the green and black car is the 991.2 with yeah. the, what you might call... Tra hand hand. Yes, tra traditionally mounted wing. Going past him at the moment is the number 5-0 car, uh, which is Finn... <laughs> gets it in the Her uh, Herber Motorsport Porsche. That's got the swan neck, that yes. ring wing mount, which is mounted from the top. That's how you tell the difference between 991.2 and 992 in the GT3R. You'll notice that the red, white and blue cars a wee bit wider. It has a slightly different body shape and different aero front and rear. And it has a really nice little ducktail uh, on the top of the engine cover that has a um, hot air e exhaust uh, vent in it, yeah. actually. There's very little difference in terms of the performance of the engine because they are uh, using versions of the flat six. So Peter's got a four-litre version, and ahead of him, Finn's got the 4.193 or whatever it is <laughs> that came as a development of the Le Mans car, the RSR. And people said to me, "How did it? Why was it never out to fully 4.2?" Well, I asked that very question on the morning when it went out to 4.2, and one of the engineers showed me an engine that was being stripped down, and you could not case get a piece of tissue paper between the cylinders. Ah. So 4.19 X, whatever it is, is as far out as that engine will, <laughs> will go. Otherwise, it'll be go from being a flat six to a flat two and it'll be a very odd shaped piston that is running up and down it indeed we expect this um, first uh, stanza to run a little bit longer due to the fact that they could fill the tanks up on the cars um, and then we will get into um, the uh, all of these different models of cars have a maximum fill not a maximum tank you can't fill the tank up they all have a maximum fill uh, respective of their car type and some of them also have fuel flow uh, restrictions as well back down to 95 92.5 i think the porsche has the worst 90 liters at about 90 percent flow rate for the 992 it, it's all about the balance of performance oh, most definitely without necessarily having to um change things like engine restrictors throw a whole load of weight on weight is part of it as well but it, it, it's looked at as a in, in a holistic and a holistic way. Well, BOP is done in three areas: car, fuel, and driver. Okay, you don't have to go and buy expensive parts on the car. Weight restrictors, which are available for the Porsches, power sticks. A lot of it can be done on the ECU, there, rather than replacing, you know, boost limits. Um, then. Certain cars get fuel bonuses, like the 991 running in GTX. They can take 100% fuel under code 60. Okay, so that's been allowed for that. Fuel, just as I said, max fuel load based on car type and flow rate. So that's how that's regulated. 
and driver um, the, uh, status benefits uh, all the AM drivers in 992 AM. If you've got a team of totally AM drivers and in um, uh, GT3 AM, they can take 50% fuel under code 60. And then you've got drive times. And your minimum and maximum drive times. And so if you're running in AM, your pro or semi-pro driver has a very restricted... Axel Jeffrey said he can only run one and a half hours. Yeah. And that's it, maximum. And that all comes to the close racing that yeah. we <laughs> have been treated to for many years and nothing closer than at the first round of the <laughs> Hankook Middle East Trophy. Uh, they say it only takes two cars to make a race. We had three cars in the top class. They were barely off the lead lap other than being in the pit lane and right now we've got another classic at the front of the field with Philip Barron for Barron Motorsport looking to work his way through the Lamborghini Huracan number 750 that's Keith Fraser for Scott Sport fifth in GTX at the moment as they go through that particular little gaggle of traffic hey that uh, Lambo is quick in a straight line the, the Super Trofeos are super quick. They're pretty slippery, and they've got 700 horsepower. And one of the fastest single-make championships in the world. Now another one to get through as well, as that's the Leipzig Motorsport Greg Gorski-driven car that the leaders are coming through at the moment. Mathieu Dutre right in there in second place. The red Ferrari, the mainly blue Audi underneath the hotel. Water on the right-hand side over that Armco barrier. Oh, they haven't managed to get by the Gorski car. It's, it's well, Greg, Greg's got a lot of laps around here this week. He was doing the, the radicals, radicals. Yeah. and he's doing another one tonight after the six. He uh, he used to race in the, the Radical uh, Cup in the States, and we've had a spinner down at turn that looked like turn five to me. That's the McLaren. Just one McLaren running in the field, but that is now pointing in the right direction. And now the leaders have got past Gorski. Greg have enjoyed that. Yes, he would have. Uh, just going back to the point on the uh, Urlacan Super Trofeo, yeah. the, 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 even the Evo 2 cars, which got a little bit more downforce on them, they are, in GT terms, a pretty slippery car. And therefore, they are quicker than, in a straight line than their GT3 counterparts. We see this in the States with the Super Trofeo uh, in the States quite a lot. And... They're constantly the quickest cars through the, the speed traps at places like Road America, etc. Yeah. Oh, some debris on the circuit there. Now, was that the leader just picking that up with the air or has something fallen off the Ferrari? And they're right in the middle of this battle now. Let's see the leaders come through past the evil version of the Tomlinson G56. Has that got even more wide since the last time we like saw it? They've put an extra bit on the, the, the wheel arches. They look, they, that looks fantastic. Well, it, as, you, as you said yesterday, this car is being evolved at the moment. And uh, beautiful sounding, uh, stunning V8. looking. V8 just absolutely cackles in that car. Well, they've gone through that underneath the hotel again that just mentioning that v that is termed a Janetta v8 engine in that wow. it is a it, it's the biggest engine if it does get approved for gt4 which is what they're looking for at the moment and there is a road going version lawrence tells me um for that car it will be the biggest engine in a gt4 car uh, but it it starts life as a ford block uh, but that's about it it starts life as a ford block <laughs> that's it designed and engineered things like Pistons, connecting rods, crankshafts, all top end. 
So Lawrence is uh, pretty confident of calling that a Ginetta V8 in that car. It sounds incredible. Right, so. And it, it was, and, and I've got nothing to touch that's wood around here, so I'll cross my fingers and stand on one foot um, and say it was entirely reliable at yes. the 12 hours. Now, they did back off in the second half of the race. They wanted to break the car. They wanted to drive it hard. And they were doing qualifying in the first four or five hours. Their GTX competition, including the KTM that's just up the road a little yep. bit from them, the Milwaukee Till-sponsored car, they fell by the wayside. And from it being a test, Lawrence realised <laughs> that there was an opportunity to stand on a podium and potentially yes. take a, a championship here. So... They eased back a little bit in the second half of the race, but uh, an excellent first outing for that car. So with the leaders coming through the traffic and working their way through now, Philippe Barron leads. He's put the KTM between himself and second place, Haas RT, Mathieu Dutre. Let's uh, take you back about 58 minutes uh, to the start of this second round of the Middle East Trophy, powered by Hankook. And just remind ourselves what happened as the cars came to the red lights at a little before 10 o'clock, or a little on 10 o'clock local time. It was a fantastic sight to see 43 cars. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. At one point, you can only fit eight. There's nine, there were nine across the track there, and amazingly, I, I don't think we had any, we certainly didn't have any spins. So, there were some little little touches, but um, nothing nothing got. Um, uh, they all dismissed as racing incidents on lap one. Have a look at this the six seven, unreal. That was absolutely brilliant stuff. Hashtag. Uh, this is endurance. Let's head to the pit lane where Nick Damon has the number 550 Porsche. Finn Gersitz has brought that one in, Nick. Yeah, he's got out. It's been a complete full service. Tim Zimmerman has got in. It's interesting to see this. It's three semi-pro drivers. So uh, the 50 car came out of fifth, the third driver being Mark Bartels. I think that uh, the fan club we saw on the uh, on the grid, we chuffed. It was a very good stop, and it was, it was everything in. And the interesting thing was, the, the fuel stop, I was timing it, was nearly two and three-quarter minutes. It's a very long, convoluted route into that fuel station, and then you've got to fill up. Indeed you do, and uh, yeah, they're uh, getting in and getting out with cars being in the way, that is going to um, cause people some consternation this weekend. And uh, the, um, well, they're limited to 90 litres on their, their fuel as well. So uh, long stop, but no fuel, fuel flow restriction for the AMG. So Nick Damon, the Porsche, as you heard that, has completed his first hour in the pit lane. Joe Bradley is on the beat for us for the next hour or so. Just checking in with Grove Racing there. Mercedes, Stephen Grove, number 10 in 13th position. I'm just seeing who our leading car who's made the pit stop is. And I think... I uh, think... Well, no, they're in the pits at the moment. I'll come back to that because we've got a battle for GT4 lead. Uh, and this is the 496, which is the Toyota Gazoo Racing Supra. And they are racing against the BMW of Simpson. And pretty decent scrap here. It is indeed. Vasily Vladikin 
against Fabian Defer. Uh, sorry, that is the uh, GMC racing uh, that uh, Fabian Defer is racing with. Gazoo Racing, the overarching brand for Toyota's racing activities worldwide, whether it's on the tarmac, on the rally stage, or indeed in the desert rallies. Gazoo, uh, an original, years ahead of its time, we were talking about this yeah. the day, funny enough, an original idea by Akio Toyoda, the man at the head of Toyota until recently, he's uh, just about to step down, and the family behind Toyota is Toyota. And Akio came up with an idea of selling cars on the internet when the internet first came about. And he was about 15, 20 years ahead of his time. Yes. That site yeah. was called Gazoo. Yeah. And therefore, Gazoo Racing taps in to that. And it was uh, it's very much a, a pet project. It was and continues to be. So after going through a number of different iterations in terms of its terminology, nomenclature for Toyota Racing. I remember Toyota Team Europe, you'll remember that with rallying and various things based in Cologne. Still there, actually. Two phenomenal uh, uh, huge one-to-one uh, -one sized uh, wind tunnels there. They've got their motorsport museum there as well, including uh, the Formula One cars and the car that would have taken Toyota I'm absolutely certain to the next level in Formula One. It, that car was built when the plug was pulled. Yep. And I've seen it. It's fantastic. They've got the sports cars there as well, of course, including the one that they had to build as a road car for the GT1 Toyota era. And Nick Damon got into it and couldn't get out of it. Somewhere on our archive <laughs> is, a behind, is an inside story from Toyota at Cologne. If you use the search facility on uh, radio-show.co.uk, it was meant to be in a half-an-hour programme, and it got to be much longer than that. Um, <laughs> it, it was... I wish we'd had a video camera that day for Nick Damon. Uh, through the final corner for the number 85 AMG stalwarts of this particular championship and they've just lost a place to Peter Cox uh, that's a place overall and in the GTE um, category and we were just watching the GT4 uh, battle and Lewis Plato uh, has actually that's not the GT4 leader excuse me uh, that's in the pit lane it's it is the Lewis Plato Century Motorsport BMW has just come into fuel and pulling up at its stop is the Century Motorsport car, which is where Joe Bradley is now. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the race. We'll take over from Ravi Ramied in the 429 and, uh, and resume uh, once we've gone through this pit stop phase, just pulling off its apron now. It's Graham Leslie, who's the man at the front of the car, just waving the car off. So that car out running quite a sort of a disciplined race, isn't it? There's no need to really push too hard in the GT4 class. We've just got to go round and round. I made that sound very easy, didn't well, I? I tell you what, Joe, I'm not sure that's the case here because there's a bigger GT4 field than we've seen for quite some time. Yeah. Indeed. And it's and it's Always. very, very competitive. What was that Porsche that's lost the right front headlight there, Phil, that's just flashed by the support pits? It's right in front of the number 48 on the track. You've got the tracker. So you might be able to pull that up There's for so me. many cars on this tracker, John. They're all over the top of each other. It does look like moment. somebody has thrown a, a, a packet of M&Ms into a soup pool. 
and just uh, whizzing it around. all over the top of each other coming through there at the moment. And I'll just keep, keep an eye on that to see if they... Still the GT4 battle, by the way, the GR, uh, the Gazoo Racing Supra, uh, battling it out with uh, Vasily and Fabian. Uh, Toyota Gazoo in third place, Kavid Yundi has uh, jumped into that car and there's the lead changing is it oh it was a big dive down the outside from the bmw but a nice do you know that was really cool driving wasn't it from vasily yeah just smart they they know there's no point in banging panels um, but the, the cars are different in um behave differently in different parts of the track bmw Watch it at turn five, it's all over the back of the supers. Super start to extend away in the straight, so we've got it. The, the car in front is more uh, towards the and you see there, turn nine, exactly the same thing. It gets right up on the back of it, but it seems like the super has got a little bit more straight line pace um, uh, than the BMW. But the BMW is handling the corners a little bit better at the moment. Both front engine, rear drive cars, but even the GT4 cars, they're push all the major components as far as they can at the back to try and get that 50-50 weight balance. That's something that BMW have been very good at down through down through the years. And Toyota push their engine back as well. Oh, down, big dive down the inside. Ah, that's because we've got the leader into the pit lane. So that was at turn 16. So that now, now here, here are some very, very important laps indeed for that BMW and Defier for AGMC Racing by Simpson Motorsport now he's got to get the hammer down and unfortunately he had traffic around him the second of the Gazoo Racing Toyotas goes through into second with Kavi Jundi behind the wheel and that will bring GPM by Dragon up into third or in Hizzy but of course they haven't made the pit stops. Let's go down to Joe Bradley, where solving kids' cancer, multicoloured. A BMW has just been in. Did Lewis Plato get out of that number 22? He did not. No, he stayed at the wheel of the 22. Stuck on tyres. He's already taken on fuel, uh, which will mean that we, he will come back into the pits right on the two-hour mark because, of course, his drive time is restricted to two hours. So we know exactly when the 22 is due. Back. Yeah, and you can't you can't play fast and loose with that, Phil, because no. if you get a code 60 at the wrong time and you're in lap instead of taking two minutes, takes five minutes. That could take you over. Exactly, and you've got to be very careful with that. Um, it's, it's, it, it really does um, uh, can. We saw it um, in um, Kuwait with that third-place car. They ran out of drive time. They were like three minutes um, yeah. over. Um, so where you know, the uh, Century Motorsport, they'll spend a little bit more time in the fuel boat because they're rated, they're, they, they've got a 95% flow rate applied to the BMW. Um, and um, GD3, so uh, that's going to cost them a little bit more time in there. Well, actually, and uh, thank you very much to Eva Breakers for this, um, something that I missed in the supplementary mix, there is no min or max stint time. Uh, oh, six-hour race. For the six-hour race, yes. of course. However, thank you, Eva. for each driver to score points, uh, you must do 30 minutes in total. Now, that's sort that... That stint time 
but there is still maximum drive time depending on what level of driving yes, you are. So to... that's what we were hearing earlier on about the one hour and 30 minutes. Yes, indeed. That's that's more about your driver category rather than... So you can't just put your gun driver in for four hours uh, and, and let your other three drivers do 45 minutes each. Exactly. So when you're running in you know, various pro temps, say 992, um, uh, the AM driver has to do a minimum of a, a one twelfth of the race duration. Um, um, the semi-pro drivers can do a maximum of a third of a race duration. So they go. So uh, and uh, so and then you have AM BOP advantage, etc., etc. So it's one of those one of those things that keep on um, being evolved by Creventic to uh, make sure that the people who are paying the money get the, the time behind the wheel, yeah. uh, which is you know, always. Well, but also balancing the performance. Actually, I want to address that as well because I saw some um, interesting says diplomatic, <laughs> um, posts on social media um, about the necessity to move the Hankook Dubai 24 hours to next weekend where it is on the same weekend as the Rolex 24. Uh, and one or two people who I, I think had missed the point of the fact that, that the ships were diverted that were coming here. Uh, because of um, military action um, just south of the Suez Canal and down through the Red Sea. And, I mean, that's the sort of thing that no transport carrier or motor racing series has any... Uh, any no control over No, no control over it whatsoever. And I did see some people saying, oh, do they think they're bigger... Does Corentic think they're bigger now than the Rolex? What a ridiculous idea. There are only so many weekends that people can go to. I saw, I think there was a couple of people said, oh, why couldn't you just wait for another three or four weeks? Well, I'll tell you why, because most of the cars need to be back in Europe and because there's not necessarily a gap. We see the international races here in this part of the world, but every weekend, Dubai Autodrome and here at Yaz are running Middle East championships. And it's, we've got five races this weekend because of how things have changed around it is not the work of a moment phil no to be able to slot a race in and it just so happens that next weekend is free at dubai before we get the asian le mans series coming in exactly and uh, like dubai this weekend has uh porsche carrera cup middle east which, which is comes here down next weekend. weekend yes so um is and also running with f4 formula uh, regional who do Ten races in like about six weeks, which is <laughs> just crazy. But that, that, that's De December, end of November through to December, January, and probably through to the end of February, beginning of March is insanely busy. Yeah, over here. The other thing, I'd, a point I'd make about that for those people who were scratching their heads and saying, "Oh, you know, what's the point?" Well, the point is, and you made this point a moment or two ago, that this series extraordinarily so for a 43 car grid here and a few more than that actually uh, getting I think close to 60 at, uh, at Dubai for for next weekend is that this is next weekend is most of those drivers is their Le Mans 24 hours exactly. is their Rolex these are gentlemen who are paying for their driving they are teams 
that are making a living and a business out of doing that. Will we lose a few pro drivers to Daytona and the Rolex? Yes, we will. But that is by no means the bulk of the field. And they will be here. They will be enjoying it. We will be covering it. And you'll be able to watch the vast majority of it uh, without interfering with your coverage of Daytona if you want to. And meanwhile, Joe Bradley, uh, one of those teams that we're talking about, the Ferrari 488 GT3, the number 10 of Baron Motorsport, has brought their lovely... Uh, Ferrari into the pit lane and stop right in front of you. Yes, Austrian driver Philippe Baron has uh, brought the Ferrari in from effectively the lead after refueling. It's now at the apron. It's swapping with his fellow Austrian teammate, Ernst Kirschmeier, has now taken over that car and uh, we'll give Philippe a couple of minutes to, uh, just a couple of minutes that is, to get his helmet off and we'll get the inside story of how he just bided his time, didn't he? Eventually took the lead from the Haas RT Audi, and we'll get the inside on yeah, that in a moment. Yeah, it looked like... ...both here and in Cologne, they have found that dark-coloured Porsche that I saw earlier on. It's the uh, Porsche Zentrum Village-supported car. This is the 937... 937, I suppose we should say, for for Porsche. How it's lost its right front headlight, Phil, I don't really know, because there doesn't seem to be any of the damage on the right front of that car. Uh, maybe they took it out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, regulations, I need to start with the headlights. Um, full daytime race today, so they don't really need them. Um, but, yeah, uh, strange. So the leaders now be to cycle through. We had the Ferrari out of the lead. The Haas RT now in from second place. Back from the Haas RT is the leading Ferrari with the driver change and tyres on this 21 Audi. Uh, it stays up on the jacks uh, ever so slightly more than it perhaps should have. Now it's being waved away. Matthew Dittry has handed over to one of his teammates. Didn't quite catch the stature of the size or size or shape of the driver as he did that but the car's now back out and back off into that uh, lead battle that seemed as Joe said to take rather too long after the tyres were changed for the driver to get himself settled maybe there was a late call for the driver change not sure about that what we have got at the moment is Peter Cox and Charles Esplanade in second and third uh, into the pit lane for respectively the number 48 Porsche for Salashin by Cox in the CP Racing AMG that leaves Stephen Grove of Grove Racing in the Mercedes AMG GT3 Pro-Arm in the lead of the motor race now they have not stopped yet uh, I'm waiting to see who comes through and leads the race uh, after all is said and done with the pit stop. I've got a suspicion we might see a 992 Cup car uh, leading the race if we're not very careful here. Um, it, it, could, it could happen. Waiting for the number 10 then to peel off into the pits. The Grove Racing car with a boxing kangaroo on the side and all of Australia cheers as Stephen Grove is leading the motor race. Thank you very much for that. Uh, top three haven't pitted as yet and is secure. Um, so uh, the top three in the GT category, but the, as you said, the 992s are creeping up there. Now, those 992 Cup cars are lightning fast down the two long straights here, and it's just the downforce in the corners. And we see that in Dubai as well, Yeah. Um, how quick they are and how much trouble the GT3 cars have with them.
And they go long on their fuel, yes. Phil. That's the other thing. And we've often seen three, four hours into the race. Uh, you can see you can have a Porsche 992 Cup car leading because it's made one stop to everybody else's two. Exactly. And we might yet see that here. Abdullah uh, Ali Al Khalifi uh, uh, has not yet stopped and is in fourth position. Now he's a minute away from the lead, call it a minute 10, but all the cars ahead of him have got to stop and he's probably out there for maybe as much as another 15 minutes. Well, they get 110 litres, John, in the, in the 992. In the GD3 car, um, class at 992, Porsche gets 90 litres at 90% fuel flow rate. So that's where that, that balance of performance comes back to see these guys. At RSL underscore studio, brings you into our booth here at Yas Marina. Hello to you. It is a very lovely day here, as you might imagine. Just on quarter past seven in the UK, quarter past eight in Central Europe, and quarter past 11 here. Uh, the sun at its height, not at noon here, around about one o'clock, uh, I think is the zenith at this time of year here. And that is when the temperature has uh, started to climb. You get a very hot afternoon here. So between about one and three normally is where the hottest part of the day is. Silver and maroon for the 931, just going through to the end of the lap. That's one of the Porsche Carrera Cup cars. As we have into the pit lane, we'll break off from that immediately. As we've got here, RC Bratislava in the Huracan GT3. Now, this is a GT3 car, not one of the uh, Huracan Super Trofeos. You'll wonder if you're watching why we're not seeing uh, at the teams in fireproof overalls, and in fact in T-shirts, that there is no fuel being filled in the pit lane. Uh, and so if you're watching this for the first time and we're thinking, what are these guys and girls doing? Well, there's no fuel in the pit lane. That help happens at the start of the pit lane as it is here. And everybody there does indeed have full safety equipment on. Joe Bradley, therefore, is wandering around in his Radio Show Limited. Very nice blue collared shirt and is patrolling the pit lane for us at the moment, which actually there's quite a bit of wind down there at the moment, Joe. That looks quite pleasant. It is very, very comfortable. It's not too hot. It's, it's actually a little bit chilly after being out from the sun. But it's, uh, I'm certainly not as hot as this fellow here, Philippe Baron, just gone out of the uh, Baron Motorsport Ferrari. Philip, that was a fantastic first stint for us. It looked a great race. Yeah, it was a real a big amount of fun. I enjoyed really racing with the two Audis. Uh, compliments also to them. They did a perfect race. We all had a clean start on this wonderful circuit in this wonderful uh, city. Uh, I'm a resident in the UAE myself, and it makes me very proud to race my own Ferrari here in on the first spot of the grid. It looked like you were very patient, waiting for that chance to come to you. Yes, I was pushing every lap, to be honest, because you know, in a distance race, you never know if you get back the car or not. So I gave it my everything. I will have a second stint very shortly. So I tried to cool down once I got out of the car as soon as possible to relax, and then I will give it another one. How was the uh, how was the tyres for you when, towards the end of your stint there? Were the tyres still good? I had to manage so much traffic and the Audi behind me. I was never looking on the lap time. I did it corner by corner and tried to give it my all and, and be on the maximum. I think the lap times were pretty good and I think we still have a lot to give in the coming five hours. 
I'm pretty sure you'd be able to tell where the Ferrari was stronger than the Audi, the amount of laps that you did behind the car. I guess in our case, it's more the pilot than the car, but uh, no, joking. Uh, I think we have a pretty balanced BOP. Uh, the Audis were stronger in the third sector. I think uh, we had a pretty good first one. Uh, we will see what's, what's coming up to the end in terms of consumption of the brakes and etc. So we will see. Philip. We've got a spinner. I think the Vortex has just spun under the hotel. Philip Baron there have given us a great bit of insight as to that. What was, oh, it was a fantastic start. Quality, race, mate. Wasn't it? And, and uh, you're spot on. Just coming through turn 12 into uh, turn 13. And the. I'm not sure how the Vortex 2.0 has got exactly very, where it is because it's, it's all the way over to the right hand side of the track. It's. Just on the racing line, though, but it's facing three quarters of the wrong way up the track. The problem is with the headrest and everything, he can't see no, what's can't. coming to the right hand side of him at the moment. So he's really, and was feeling Bolel at the wheel of that one, and he can't see. I saw the car move backwards and forwards there, so it looks like it's got drive. But um, uh, we, we still there's not much room there, Phil, to negotiate. I think he's got to go there forward. Go. Yeah, he has to. He's got to try and do... A turn left. Forward and turn left. There's yeah. a little bit of run off there. There we go. And then he can swing back round to the right. The, the marshal's giving him ham signals there, helping him out. We have not had to neutralise the race. That was all done under double yellows. Can I just say, by the way, congratulations to all the drivers oh. coming through there. This is a perennial question. We get asked, why do we have to have safety cars? Why do we have to have full course yellows? Clearly, Philippe Bonnell is not comfy in that car. It's taken a little time to get it back up. It looked like it might have been in the wrong gear there. Yeah. And in fact, oh, actually, he's got the pitlet speed limit wrong. Yes. I can see the lights flashing. So let's see if he can clear that. Does he come into the pit lane or does he continue through? And I'll finish my no. thought. Uh, we've got the Colin White Jeanette going into the pit lane on his right-hand side. No, he's come through, and he's cleared the pit lane speed limit because the lights have stopped flashing. <laughs> uh, we get a lot of questions about why do we have to neutralise it for this, for that, and the other. Why is it take so long? And I'll tell you why. Because, generally speaking, and I'm sorry to say this, that... Um, Drivers can't be trusted to, to slow down and the double yellows. Exactly. I had a long chat with a Manuel Pirro about this, uh, and he was saying to me about how Corentic works much better than some of the series by using what effectively are full-course purples, the Code 60s. Uh, and, and he said to me, we were in Spa a couple of years ago, and he said to me, if only the drivers would slow down, we wouldn't have to make up all these new rules about how to get them safely through this car. And I looked at him and went, oh, Porsche turned gamekeeper here then, in my way. But in fairness, all the drivers there, they were getting the flag signals from a couple of corners back, and the uh, marshals at the side of the track would have been pointing over to the left-hand side to say, stay left, stay left. Uh, and of course, it also helps that there is a, a messaging system from race control. They would have been telling all the teams you have to keep that running all the time and it shows if you're logged on or if you're not logged on and they can you do have pits to car radio here so they'd have been saying right we've got a spinner on the spinner just before just before the under bridge just before the bridge just before the bridge where the hotel is stay that stay on the left hand side stay on the left hand side double yellows double yellows and that's i'm very impressed by that nobody got anywhere close to that no. and that is a really committed corner there Phil. it is you there's one line through there and that's it and you get there. They also have the in-car display as well. You can, we see that when they get, we get a code 60, they, it comes up purple. So they also have that in-car display. There we go. Through they go. And I am going to say now, 
that I think, in fact, it has happened. It has. I think the Gorion by car collection car is going to lead the motor race, and it has. This was a car that stopped early. It was Marcus Finkelhock in the number 80. He did half an hour. That was planned, although he did have a problem with the uh, with one of the tyres. Had a very, yeah. very slow puncture. But uh, the Gorion RT by car collection Audi, the number 80 blue car then, leading by some margin from a Temptors Audi in second. Uh, Lewis Plato for Century Motorsport has held on to third position. Stephen Grove has just given up the lead, by the way, coming into the pit lane in his AMG. That's a goodly run. That's an hour and 24 minutes, so they must have brimmed that car at the start of wow. the race. And then it'll be Herbert Morse, Herbert Huber Motorsport in the number 50 Porsche the red and white car, then Antares out in the 91 black and gold Herbert car, Ernst Kirschmeyer for Baron in the Ferrari, the erstwhile leader of the car will come through next, I think in sixth position. So a massive shake-up at the front of the field, and from having pro-ams and ams at the sharp end of the field, now with two minutes, uh, sorry, 43 seconds between them, we've got the number 18 car collection Audi from the Attempto Audi from the number 99, 44 seconds between them, both full GT3 spec cars. Ninth position, by the way. The uh, just going through there, the McLaren, number 13 car. Uh, that's Lucky Carer for Race Lab in the McLaren. Because already had a spin, and at the moment that is a lap away from the lead. Actually, no, it's not. They're on the lead lap, and they have made their pit stop. If you're on the lead lap, you've still got a chance. Remember, no yeah. safety cars to close things up, so you will have to find pace. Right, there's that Lamera again, with that blue, light green. You'll get it before the end of the race. You, you will get it before the At end. RSL underscore studio, please. <laughs> uh, you don't mind. Just a word on our race leader. They did not serve their 10-second penalty it was issued at 10.43. They have two hours to do that. Right. Okay, so 1.43 is... is um, 10.43, 11.43. they've got to come back in. Given that they've just gone out again, and then uh, given that they're on their normal uh, restricted uh, tank fill, they'll be coming back in within the hour, so they'll be able to pull that out. And they've just been pinged again for their second lot of... Um, they've got a warning the ninth of the sixth and ninth time of track limits and everything is happening in turn four. Uh, Jade Edwards is on the ground here. Been a few seasons since we've seen you, Jade. Hello. I know we're on the PA. <laughs> uh, we're in Villa 3 on the first floor, so by all means, um, pop Max's in the room, actually. Right? Is, it, is it Max's? Was it Max's? Oh, no, it's Checkers, probably. Checkers, yeah. Um, at RSL underscore GGO. So, about 40 seconds... Roman uh, Malinov leading, and he's going to be closed down by Alex Arkin. He's been on, in that car from the start of the race, hasn't he, for a tempter? Yes. Uh, he's got a, an hour and 22 minutes stint. Uh, Roman's been in for about an hour, just under 51 minutes, in fact, to be precise. Uh, and they did a relatively short pit stop. This is what catapulted them forward. Remember, we had Marcus Finkelhock in that blue orange and red number 80 Audi, he started the race and did half an hour, so they pumped the car full of fuel 
and sent it back around. But it didn't need that much fuel, Phil. So that's no. that's why they're a full minute ahead of most people who did what we might call a full pit stop. Well, they only had half fill it. Only if that, half it, if that, yeah, because they, um, they, they, they were running an hour and hour and a quarter on the full tank, and normally an hour on the, on the their restricted level. So. Uh, that's actually paid out well. People will be looking at that. Yeah, yeah. They I think be, people will start looking at I, that. That's what, what we were talking about last night in qualifying. These six-hour races, they throw a completely different set of tactical and strategical yeah. questions to be answered. And there are there's more than one answer to the same to the question of where are we going to be after six hours? Exactly. Um, the, these races are turning into, um, especially with the GD3 cars, turning into um, six one-hour sprints. Well, and they are so reliable nowadays yes. as well, even in GT3 and GT4, the, the cars are being uh, driven very, very quickly. I'm going to do a quick rundown before we pick off a couple more in, uh, interviews, because at the front of the field now, we've got the top positions all having done their first pit stop. So it is... The Audi number 80 from the Audi number 99. That's car collection from Attempto from Century BMW next up. And there's 41 seconds between the top three. Uh, then it's Huber Motorsport in the 50 Porsche. Herbert Motorsport in the 91 Porsche. Top six made up by Baron with the Ferrari. That's one minute and 18 away from the leader. Then it's Luke Hartog for car collection in seventh. And making up the top eight with our all GT3 cars, Stanislav Minsky for Haas RT. Leader Ooh. in the 992 category is in ninth position. That's Christopher Zirkling, wrapped down by Fulgenzi. Leader in GTX is Arta Twist in 16th position in the KTM, the Razoo Northern Racing car. That's in 15th position at the moment. Leader in TCE division is Ivan Stanchin for Simpson Motorsport in 30th position. And GT4 Charlie Robinson is leading for Century in the BMW in 31st position. That's how it stands with 90 minutes completed. Joe Bradley is in the pillow. Yeah, well, uh, it's, I'm at CWS because there's lots to report. So Colin White's the 278 car. That's got that bit of elastic still attached. The car's been back in. It's had what looked like maybe a, a, a control of delete and some laptop jiggery probably went on. The car's just left. But whilst that was happening, Owen Hizzy here making his Trevenic 24 series debut has brought the 277 in for its pit stop and an his teammate. But I've got to say, Owen, that was a very, very, very strong start to your Trevenic career, let's call it. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, it was a good start. Um, got a good one by Colin and got him down the inside. And as well, because we're teammates... Him a bit of space on the exit, and then there was about three or four cars of rest coming down into, um, into the chicane after the long straight. And one of the other cars came round the outside and then cut the chicane and ended about six or seven cars down. And he was behind me, so I had to catch him back up, re pass him, and then it's just, just hitting out consistent lap times, watching the brakes and the tyres, and just keep them in a good window. And I just kept on knocking out consistent times. Because that's what went to an endurance race. So, uh, yeah, and like all, all, everything that I've done in my career leading up to this um, has brought me to this point. So I'm pretty pleased how it's going. Fingers crossed Dale can do a good job and hopefully the other car can recover. It's your first, I mean, you were just telling me that this deal to get in this car here in uh, Yas Marina only came about a week or so ago. Yeah, it did. Literally, when we announced it, that's when we knew. 
Um, it was on our target to do at the start. It's a little bit of a pre-season, but down to budget and everything like that, we just didn't quite know. And then we just got a ring from Colin, sourcing it all out with my manager. And then it was like, yeah, we'll all go. Right, let's get let's get going then. We, we've noticed that the uh, the nature of this track for this multi-class kind of racing is perhaps ideal because there's a choice of lines through some of the corners. Does that make your job a bit easier? Um, yes, it does. And it's like overtaking the uh, GT4 cars. It makes it a little bit easier. Through sector one, they've just got the straight line speeds. And then we just can't outweigh them as well because it's too far back. And they've got ABS, traction control and all of that. Whereas we got absolutely nothing. But in the last section, because the Genesta is so agile, you get a really good corner speed. We can keep up and actually gain on GT3s through the corners. Um, and that's where the Genesta is benefited. So that's where we've got to capitalise on any moves overtaking. It's just somebody being silly in the background there. Mark Rivers. Um, what, what's the tactic then? When are you back in the car? What's the, the tactic read driver stints? We're not quite sure yet because we've only got... Uh, I went through as much as what the fuel tank did and then we picked from there. So... I think Dale's going to do the same, and then we'll have to see from there when I get put back in. Now, I know the six-hour race is your longest race, and you've done some three-hour endurance races in the UK. Uh, what's next week shaping up like? If this was a last-minute deal, how close to a last-minute deal for next week's 24-hour race? Which will be the longest one you've ever done. Yeah, so we're, we're, we're very close. We're about five short at the moment, but... I'm trying to put a good performance out there and see see what comes of it, um, but I'm pushing my hands to try and do it. When you say five, you mean 5K? Yeah, 5K. Okay, everybody, get your hands in your pockets. Let's set up a GoFundMe pitch, get Owen Izzy in Dubai. Thanks, mate. Well, now then, we'll go and set one up right now. Well, we hope to see you there, Owen, and that was a really strong stint. Good, great start. Class leader there, Owen Hizzy out of the 277 CWS Junetta. No stranger to Junettas, started in the junior as, class of uh, the Junettas. As many have, yes. And it's that G55 machine. And the a very close cousin to the G55 Supercup, which supported British touring cars for a little while. G56 here as well with the V8, the next generation. Has been a good servant for Colin White. He's got a couple of these cars. Paddle shift, but no driver aids. Uh, in terms of the the uh, ABS and traction control, the 937 continues. This is the Fastbender Tentic sponsored Porsche with the that's the one-eyed Porsche. They had a little spin. Turn 13 as well. under the hotel. Ah, so we can possibly find out what happened with that. This was under the hotel. Oh, now that is. We were talking about how difficult that is because it's off camber as you yes. come through both of the apices of the corners and you can't really afford to take too much curb on the left hand side uh, it looked like the Lightman Motorsport uh, Lamborghini GT3 was very close coming there, through there there was a sheet of paper I think between them there. but uh, yeah <laughs> you see how circumspect Mark speak of us was that time around in the kick Kramer Porsche 937. He did not take the, uh, the the apex speed at all. It wasn't the speed mark. It was clobbering the curb yeah, on the left hand side. Yeah, he had that AMG Mercedes right up behind him, and he may have been just covering his line through there and uh, yeah. just taking a little bit too much curb. He's just also losing the back end coming out of turn 16 there. I noticed as well, and I just wonder if he's overworked the tyres. How long has he been in that uh, 937? 
No, he's only been in there half, half an, an hour. hour. Yep, so. Well, the problem is with all of these tyres, and it, it gets it hammered in you. This is a, a for the GT3s at least. We're on the new compound for 2024 that was debuted at uh, at Kuwait Motortown. It gets hammered in you by your race engineer. As Mark sensibly down at uh, turn five, just gives way to another Porsche. Oh, no, he's having to go back. Good for you, lad. Now, is that a, is that a positional thing? That is going on there. I think it might be. Is that uh, is that Janjap Van Roon alongside him? Yes, it is. It is yes. So that is a, that is a battle for sixth and seventh in class. So he's having to go. It's hammered in you by your race engineer that when you go out on these on these tires, uh, tire warming cabinets are allowed here, and one or two people are using them. Um, but they're going to give you a lot of confidence early on because that's how good these tires are. But you still have to be a little circumspect in warming them up for a couple or three laps, even in these temperatures. And you try and steer off the curbs early on yeah. so that you don't do any potential sidewall damage. They are so confidence-inspiring from the moment that you bang them on. Um, and here, of course, you're going out of a pit lane, a very long pit lane underneath, underneath. and then joining at turn two. Um, sometimes on the configurations in preventing you actually putting new tyres on and then you drive into the fuel. Yeah. So even if you've had heated tyres, they're actually stone cold before you get yeah. back on the track. So it, it's all, a, it's all a, an iterative process. Uh, and you, you learn. You learn quickly. But if you look after your tyres early on, they will be your friend at the end of your stint. And potentially stretch them to a stint and a half. But Mark is definitely throwing that car around. Mark, speak of us, um, or speak of was, uh, not his real name. That is a nom du course. But we will respect that. He might tell us the story when he gets out of the car. Uh, using um, nom du course uh, is comes, I mean, to be honest, uh, that goes back a very, very long way. It does. Sub-drivers, uh, John Winter, was uh, who won Le Mans, of course, that kind of blew it. Uh, <laughs> he, Sorry. John, in inverted commas, Winter, he was uh, trying Ooh. not to let his family know because uh, they weren't approving. Now, Mark's had a little bit of a whoopsie because he's pulled off part of the left-hand front. Um, there's a piece of rubber underneath there, and that now he's going to be getting horrible, horrible understeer. It's just a little rubber underspoiler that pushes onto the front of Carrera Cup cars, and, and they've had this for donkey's years. But if you Can't run it over, no, he won't be able to turn the car because it, it loses so much downforce, and he's had to give up. That position, I think he's going to oh, have to there, come in. There it, it goes. Some of it's gone. My worry is what's left underneath that as well. Um, we'll keep an eye on Mark and see whether he comes back in the pit lane and gets another one fitted. Uh, as we head down to Ginetta, different Ginetta this time. This is the G56 Evo, and the man behind the scheme is the man with his name above the door, uh, Mr. Ginetta. No, it's, uh, it's Lawrence Thomas. Yes, it's Mr. Tom. It's got, it, it doesn't write up the right name for a real The Tomlinson, does it? Um, anyway, Lawrence, I've just done a really great, positive Ginetta story with Owen Hizzy's first stint in the CWS car, but now we've got the complete contrast. 
You've, uh, it's the demise of your Janetta, the 795. Tell us the story. Yeah, it's an unusual one. I mean, it's, uh, it's a big V8, real red meat kind of car. Yesterday it ingested a pigeon when Freddie was qualifying. So um, we didn't pick it up, but it looks like it's damaged the air filter. And then we've ingested some debris on track. So the engine's eaten something as well as the pigeon. And uh, dropped, dropped, dropped a valve as a cause of it. So unfortunately, it's a new engine. New engine for Dubai, and off we go again. Yeah, six-hour races don't really allow you to change the motor and, and push on for the spirit of the race award. That's bad news, uh, Lawrence. So it's uh, off to the pool for you. Off to the pool for you guys, then, yes? Sorry, I didn't catch that. Joke. Off to the pool, then. Yeah, well, well, we'll pack up and get ready for Dubai, dude, for the 24. So gives us a little bit more time to prep for that is a positive. So we the car ran faultlessly in Kuwait, so... Just really unfortunate on the development car that we've had a, a bird strike. Really, it is a bird strike. And I suppose it gives us time to talk to talk a bit about football and especially Leeds United's one 0 defeat to Sunderland the other week. That's a bit of bad news for you. Well, I think you played really well and deserved to win. So um, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And we look. I think I think quality really tells where you are in the table, though. Yes, I know. I know, mate. You moment it was. We look, we look forward to uh, taking your hospitality in Ellen Road, though, mate, I tell you. Yeah, we'll have a few beers there in the box. All right, so, thank you. See you at the pool. So, the issue for... I cursed it. That's uh, twice I've cursed. I, I am on uh, fire with the curse of the commentary There's no wood in the commentary box. That's the problem. Uh, oh, my goodness me. Uh, so, literally, the car fast enough to catch a pigeon. Um, and we used to call quick cars back in our day, Joe and I. Um, if you had a pigeon catcher, it was a quick accelerating car because it meant before they took off from the road you could yeah. give them a bit of a scare well unfortunately that has led to the demise of that V8 engine in the G56 Evo uh, extraordinary stuff um, RSL underscore studio hello to Jamie McEwen with us in spirit this weekend he's busy with the iRacing Daytona 24 special event uh, that will be the biggest event of the year Stabbing amongst uh, those in the upper parts of the splits there. Uh, hello, Joe Remy, watching from California. Uh, what's that then? That's going to be four, 12, five, 12 hours nine, from 12. Here. 12, yeah, 12, 12 exactly. Back. Yeah, uh, thank you. Jerry Z, we mentioned. Hello to the Sim Racing Bar Student. Do you know what? I've always hated Yasmarina. Dull Grand Prix, the Alonso thing with Pedro back down the years, but now I drove it on the Sim. It's great in a GT car. I do wonder if Herman Th Tilker thought, hang on, I've, I'm going to use all of the corners that I've uh, had left over from other tracks to get my money's worth. <laughs> Very good. Uh, it races well, uh, particularly, I think, for multi-class yep. racing. Uh, and uh, I've got to say, I, I like it. I, I like it a lot for this type of racing. And I'm, I'm dead pleased we're here with... Uh, I'm dead pleased we're here with a good field, by far the biggest field yeah. that we've seen in the six hours. Uh, and this was always going to be a very good field as well. And the, uh, the changes to what happened in terms of the 24 have bizarrely been a positive rather than a negative here. Fourth position. The battle goes on at the sharp end of the field in GT3 at the moment. Tim Zimmerman for Huber Motorsport in the red, white and blue Porsche has the similar... Antares Audi driven Herbert Motorsport, the black and gold. AU is the uh, P2 
periodic table symbol for gold, of course, so the gold pit striping, very good for Antares in that car, and he's right with them now as they head towards the last part of the lap. We'll go on the right-hand side here as they're coming through with the last of the right-handers before we go under the hotel, then the double left. Let's see which one of them gets it better. They've got the Red Camel Jordan NL 992 Cup car, and Antares on the headlight flash here. Does he stay to the right-hand side at 15? No, he's following. They both stay out. They're not going for the pits. Now through to 16, the final right-hander on the circuit. A bit more curb taken by the Black Herbert car in fifth position. And again on the flash. And coming up behind them is the uh, Porsche of uh, Car Collection, I think. Uh, no, it's not actually, my apologies, that's a lap, that's a car that's a lap back, that will be the uh, EB Motorsports car, the multicoloured car. At the moment, Luke Breukers is in third in 992, and that's the next Porsche, but that's a cup car. So he'll try and stay out the way of this battle, takes a very nice, easy turn into turn five. See how wide he was there, he's not putting too much onto that right front tyre, that was really smart driving by young Bre Breukers then. Phil? Yeah, he's, um, uh, <laughs> I going to wear those flashes out fairly shortly. Um, the power of them, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah <they're, laughs> indeed. Hey, um, uh, well, uh, Stefan Perrin in the 908 had a little spin down at turn six, has come into the pits. And that car, that uh, the 937 Porsche that had uh, that little uh, piece of rubber hanging, they're probably going to have to do an unscheduled pit stop because they've been told by race control to remove, fix yeah. all loose hanging parts. Yeah. So that could be the meatball flag for them. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh, hello. There, and there we go. That's <laughs> down at turn nine. That, that's the road to the airport. <laughs> yeah, no, no need. No need at the moment for Antares out to go quite that wide at <laughs> turn nine. But it, it won't take him too yeah. long to catch back up again. Um, that is the Evening Waters car behind them, isn't it? Yeah. So where have they dropped? That's uh, Sabina de Castro. Um, they've dropped off the lead lap. Oh. He's uh, really soaring away at the wheel. Has he got a... He's, he's, this is uh, Luke Brokers, and uh, really, really unstable through the hotel section. Yeah. He's only been out 22, 22 minutes. minutes. So I wonder if the heat of the day is just starting to he, make he the top was, surface of the track a bit greasy, Phil. I think it is, because he was just handling a bucket full of uh, oversteer in the Porsche, considering that the... the uh, oh, that got very twitchy under brakes. Considering that um, they've got the, the weight of a motor hanging out behind the rear axle. Um, Sabina de Castro in that Manamari Energy by EB Motors, the car that was pushing so hard at Kuwait. They are in 10th in category at the moment. As oh, we've we got spin. the front. Is that the Baron car? Yes, it is. This, this is the 86. This is Ernst Kirschmeier, 7th position overall, and the car that led early on in the hands of Philippe Baron. He's managed to do a very nice gentle rejoin. Did he get some help there? No, he no. just lost the back end and again, it's the Lightman car that <laughs> nearly picked it up. That's twice that's happened in exactly the same part of the track. I think it's getting greasy out there. It's getting greasy and he was offline coming there. He was nowhere near the apex coming into that corner, so he was either going defensive and getting that car but um, yeah, and that's twice we've seen them run wide there. And, uh... he, he wasn't fighting 
I, I don't think he was fighting that Lamborghini. That Lamborghini is further back, back down. The, yeah. uh, it was the actually it was the RC Bratislava car. It was uh, Peter Fulin, um, I think, in that car. Just from looking at it, but again, a Lamborghini. I think you're, very I think close. you're right, John. The temperature is coming up, and uh, well, the uh, track has had a lot of rubber on it from the last. We, this is the third weekend in a row there's been racing here. Oh, yeah, good okay, point. and we've done the North Circuit, we've done the Grand Prix Corkscrew Circuit. Now this is this is significant now yeah. because Kershmeyer struggling in that Lamborghini is about to be lapped by the race leader. Now he's already. Uh, well down on the leader and this would put I'm trying to work out if he's actually a lap down no he's right on the end of the lead lap so he's the last GT3 car on the lead lap I wonder there's been some damage on the right hand rear of that as well because I can see some um, unfinished carbon that I wouldn't expect to see just behind the right rear wheel here comes Roman Mavlanov for Goroy and RT by car collection. Uh, maybe not. Maybe it was just the way the light was shining on that. Well, but Ernst just needs to get his head back in here because he'll have given himself a bit of a shock there. What's happening is the track's going between light and show. We've got clouds out there today, John. It's not like it was yesterday where it was brilliant blue sky all day. And part of the circuit's in, in darkness and part of it's um, not anymore. As uh, we have the Porsche throwing it down the inside of the uh, Supra not going to make that run. CP Racing are also in the mix. Had a really good conversation with one of the drivers who used to drive for this team, Phil Quaife, um, during uh, last weekend. He's out here driving, uh, driver coaching Charlie Simmons in the uh, 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 Renault Clio Cup that's we're supporting us at the 24-hour of Dubai. And he said, well, he normally gets a drive, but um, the team wanted to do it with all AM drivers. Now, they wouldn't have been able to do that, except one of the Charles turned a certain age, so he got reduced back to an AM. So they could have the AM, they get the AM advantage, 50% fueling, under code 60. But uh, he said to the team, because it's going to be, the 24-hour may be the last race we see the Charleses. And they want to finish on a high. They, got, they could win the championship. Well, they were online to win the championship last year, apart from that gearbox failure in Barcelona in the last hour. Yeah. They could win the Middle East championship here. Just a change of position there. That was the Charles Putman allowing the Herbeth car to go through. Shakes uh, like right? <laughs> just like that. Just did it. <laughs> that is a, a lap, another lap going on. There. So, attempt to racing lead by 2.7 seconds. Alex Arkin from the start of the race in the number 99 Audi. Uh, in second place, Lewis Plate, also Century Motorsport, the BMW. He's got 18, call it 19 seconds on Tim Zimmerman, the 50 Huber Motorsport Porsche. Then it's Antares out and the black and gold 91 Porsche. Just going through turn five now and going through some of the 992 category. Then it's car collection, Luke Hartog in the 96. Uh, Porsche, he's another 28 seconds further back. Ernst Kirschmeyer yet to come across the line in that Ferrari, and he now has just he's the first car off the lead lap. As Roman Mavlanov in the Gorian RT by car collection has come in for its second pit stop. So, this is the second set of pit stops coming around. This was the car that stopped first, remember? 30 minutes in. 30 minutes in, and Mavlanov has brought that car in after. Um, What's that, an hour and 20 minutes near enough?
they're getting a, uh, from their restricted fueling. Oh, no, but I'm sorry. Uh, yes, an hour and 20 minutes. Yes, yeah, an hour and 20 minutes. So that's a good run by it Bablanov. Is. It is indeed. Uh, in the classes, 992, Christopher Zirkling, eighth position in the Rabdan by Fulgenzi car, has done one pit stop. Uh, he has been out for, there for just under two hours, but remember there's no restriction uh, on driver stints here. Got to do half an hour to qualify for points. Um, in terms of there's no two hour in one go restriction, you still have the regulations about um, how much time you can be in the car as a percentage of the race and also how much rest time is your percentage Correct. of your last stint which has to be 50 50 percent wrapped down by fulgenzi i'm not sure what happened in the first few laps that split the 992 field up yes but it did get split up quite considerably oh. and they have absolutely been nailing it the wrapped down by fulgenzi number at 971 car um, second in 992 Cup is all the way down in uh, 15th position. It's the Kirk Kramer Racing number 936. And they are oh, well over a minute. In fact, they might even be almost a full lap behind yes. now. So they're getting off for two minutes behind. Then it's Ray Carl Jordan in third. Uh, in GT4, great battle going on there. With Century Motorsport and Charlie Robinson leading in the 429 BMW. Then it's AG MC Motorsport and Ivan uh, uh, Krapitsev in that BMW. And in third, the Toyota of Andrei Sulukovslev in that Continental Racing Run car. But at the front of the field, Alan Arka Aga. Attempt tour racing, and he's been out there for an hour and 50 minutes. He's been in since the start of the race, and he leads by two and a half seconds. Let's have a look at the TCX category uh, CWS Engineering, the 277 leading that Dale Albert at the wheel of that one at the moment. Second in TCX is um, Toby Rollage in, in the La Mera Cup, the racetrack competition in that gorgeous La Mera. Still haven't worked out what it looks like. We'll get there. Um, in TCR, it's the AC Motorsports. Uh, Ivan Vallas at the wheel of the Audi R3 LS, LMS TCR. And we've also got an Audi uh, um, RS3 LMS DSG. And the difference between those two cars, one's got a minimum ride height, one's got no ride height. Right. And that's how they do balance and performance. And, ah, and, and uh, so that makes it really interesting between the two. Great to see Geese Bessem and Harry uh, Hilders back for... NKPP by Baskuten Racing. They're sitting in 10th in class, 28th overall at the moment. Uh, I love the fact that uh, under code 60, they have 5 minutes and 17 seconds for their uh, Delta. And that's stuck on a piece of white gaffer. <laughs> uh, so no flash dashboard. And, and it's great. Well, it's actually 5 minutes 16 and 8 tenths. Yeah. So they've right, rounded it up to 15. Much better to, to round it over than <laughs> under. Under, under. Indeed. couple of uh, very interesting cars circulating together, although I don't think they're together on the timing screen. The Vortex is running again after it's been under the hotel, the 701. Philippe uh, Bonnell, uh, fourth in GTX. And just in behind it, I'm pretty sure that is the... Yes, it is. Is that, is that white and green car?
Yeah, I need a dancing ant map that is about um, <laughs> about the uh, size of a 50-inch TV to work out where that car is right behind it. I was about to say Lamaro when I had a coughing. I had forgotten what it was called. Uh, but that car is uh, in a different category, of yep. course. And... Uh, The Lamaro running down there, and uh, they're the second in the TCX category um, due to probably the engine size um, on that car to put them into TCX. Um, lots of work being done by Creventic on the uh, TCE categories. Um, TCE is a touring car endurance, and they've introduced um, a TCC uh, car, which is a touring car Creventic. Um, category as well. Uh, we know all of the uh, work that's being done by James Cade getting some of the uh, the uh, other other cars out there in the, the uh, TCR category um, and uh, getting the Series 1 out there and that's um, hopefully going through to Europe and getting all of those hundreds of TCR Series 1 cars that can't race anywhere. Yeah. And Creventic are opening it up from them. They'll do the proper BOP and you'll be able to race in Series 2. Let's uh, take a little bit of a delve into Vortex. We've had Vortex for quite some time. This is the version 2.0, and they've taken everything that they learned with the early cars and put it into this. The side pod design is exquisite. Oh. The whole car is presented... Oh, you design. It is. Yeah. The whole car is um, presented at the moment in bare carbon fibre, and I love the, the design. I, I, I think it's lovely. Yeah. I really do. Um, they've worked really hard on this car, Philip Benell and a fairly small team. Uh, they've built two development cars. We heard on the grid that they've sold a couple already. Well, they talked to that, us about that in, in uh, Kuwait, about their whole plans to have the Series um, the series 1 running and the Series yeah. 2 running as it well. Hasn't it hasn't quite happened yet. Yeah, it hasn't quite happened yet. This car is, is 100 kilos lighter than the first incarnation, the 1.0. This is the 2.0. And um, as we found out in Kuwait, this thing is rapid. And a thumping great V8 in it. Um, very, very quick uh, car. Um, very, very aero efficient. And they seem to have sorted out some of the reliability issues they had with the 1.0, um, given that it did a great job in Kuwait. Now, the, the other car that was following that, uh, which is a similar mid-engined machine, um, is the Lamara Cup car. Now, Lamara Cup started in France in 2011. It's a 2.5-litre engine with 330 horsepower, but the thing only weighs 970 <laughs> kilos. Oh, they got they got a they had their BOP changed um, overnight just to give them a little bit more weight. Um, they are very uh, the, the Americans firing on the west still still happens, um, and the cars aren't that expensive for a, a fully built racing car. I think they're about 80,000 euros. Um, or you can do a season of Lamara Cup for about 25-30. Um, we've just done two hours, a quarter, uh, a third of the race. Oh dear. Uh, and it is <laughs> it's Dale Albert that leads in the TCE category that leads. And counting down then to the second third of the race, if that makes sense. Just going on in that Lamera now here, with all the practice that they did in qualifying, they've upped their weights a little, 11, 
1,100 kilos. Okay, yeah. wow. And, uh, and uh, reduced their bar, their maximum boost down to 2.2 bar. So it was a little bit quick for the TCX class for balance and performance. So they're carrying a little bit more weight today. So we are into the middle two hours of the race. Time to take a look at how things are lining up. It's been a very interesting first stanza. We'll be coming round to some pit stops the, for the leaders in a moment or two. So let's take a snapshot. We have completed 59 laps and it's Attempto Racing and the Audi that lead by about three and a half seconds. Then we've got Century Motorsport in second position, uh, 3.6 seconds behind them. Uh, the 91 of Herbeth Motorsport in third, 19.5 um, seconds behind the race leader. In fourth position, the 96 car collection, um, 911 GT3R Porsche. And in fifth position, the 86 Baron Motorsport 488 GT3. Now they've just, uh, they're just on the end of the lead, lead lap that car beyond this people are uh, laps down and we'll take a look at uh, out course cars outside of the top eight at the moment Stephen Grove and Jordan Love with Brenton Grove in sixth position seventh Manamari Energy in their Porsche Rabdan by uh, Rabdan by Fulgenzi uh, in eighth position Chris Zirkling has been doing great and he leads 992 Cup class then at CP Racing in ninth Hat RT uh, in their Audi, which was right in the sharp end of the field. Stanislav Minsky behind the wheel of that at the moment. Then it's the Peter Cox car. That's a 991 GT3 machine. Nico Pronk behind the wheel of that in 11th. 12th Huber Motorsport. 13th car collection. Roman Mavlanov. That number 80 car had led earlier on with some tricky strategy, and they've now done their second stop. Absolutely crucially, I think they're their first car to have done their second stop. In fact, Huber Motorsports has just pulled in as well. Then it's Razin more than in the crossbow GTX. Uh, and they are leading the GTX category then. Uh, behind them, uh, we've got Red Camel. We've got Kay Kramer. They're both 992 Cup cars. Then Mikkel Mack for Scott Sport is the next car up for Huracan Simpa Trofeo. That's another GTX car. Behind them, ERC Bratislava in the GE3 version of the Huracan. Then another 992 and This is QMF MMF by HRT. And they are doing a cracking job. Fourth in 992 at the moment, ahead of Greg Gorski, who's next up in the Lamborghini. Third in their category. MDM with their cup car. Neuhofer with their cup car. The Vortex 2.0 in GTX sitting in fourth position and then a whole slew of GT2s Mulner, PRP and the NKPP by Baz Kouten, Baz Kouten uh, Motorsport uh, and behind them we've got the GT4 battle in 28th position, Century Motorsport leads GT4 from AGMC by Simpson and Continental, so three different uh, two BMWs and a Toyota there uh, before we get to Sebleger Racing by Duo, that's another Porsche. P21 Porsche is the older uh, of the GT cars, and that's in GTX. Then Dragon and Toyota Gazoo Racing in GT4, the 408 and the 423. Uh, behind them, it's Kramer Racing in the Cup class, the G55 
from Colin White next up in the, that's the Dale Albert car that's leading the TCE car in 36th, TCE division in 36th. Then we've got the TCE, TCX car, Tommy Rollinger second in that. Then the first of the TCRs, and that is the older car, the 188 AC Motorsport car, ahead of another Gen 1 GT3 Porsche from P21, that's the pink car. Then Simpson Motorsports TCR, the Audi RS3, in 40th position. Behind them, it's cars that have had problems. It was gear selection issues for the 278 CWS. Uh, and then Toro Verde, that car has eaten a pigeon. Well, it did yesterday, and that's caused a drop valve in that car. So that car is getting an engine change before it goes to Dubai. Uh, the Haas RT, number 92, that car had an engine issue as well with Eduardo back. He was well up, actually, inside the top 15. Uh, and that car started smoking, lost uh, oil pressure, and had to be retired. That's how they stand with just under three hours and 55 minutes to go. Time to take a look at some highlights. So, what a cracking start to the first couple of hours of the race. RS1 Radio Show Limited in audio for those of you perhaps who... Uh, are travelling around this Sunday morning. I think characterised that first couple of hours of the race by the battle for the lead. Everybody enjoyed it. We enjoyed watching it. The drivers enjoyed doing it. And then that Porsche Cup race in the <laughs> midfield. Uh, it was brilliant stuff all the way through. The good battle was happening in the GT4s as well. Um, all the categories... Uh, getting amongst it, but it was the Ferrari versus Audi battle for that opening hour, then that slow puncher. Then we had the AMG with the, the engine letting go. That wasn't planned, a spin for the McLaren. And there's the GD4 battle between the Supra. And uh, little bits of contact there, some penalties starting to come up to affect it. The 937, and then we had the Vortex underneath the hotel facing the wrong way. He was, yeah. he was on the outside. Then another one under the hotel. It, it all started as the temperature started, started to yeah. come up. Yeah. And True. you mentioned that we had a little bit of cl cloud in one or two cars, including Ernst Kirschmeyer in the Baron Ferrari, had a spin. And that's a very dangerous place indeed to have a spin yeah. because it's blind. Well, 90%. Six hours of Abu Dhabi. It's the second of three rounds of the Hancock Middle East Trophy for 2023-24. We'll finish off in Abu Dhabi. Uh, finish off after Abu Dhabi in at the Autodrome, the Dubai Autodrome. Next weekend, we'll have full coverage for you on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And we've got a car going very slowly at the end of the lap. Let's see if it dives into the pit lane. The Lamera still running nicely uh no it hasn't it's the dragon oh. amg now this car had been going very nicely indeed it's uh ramses azam in the gpm by dragon racing i think that's the 408 that looks to me like a, is that a right rear puncture on that car there's something going it's been slow on this lap we had the warnings up on the screen um sector one sector two slow car 
and he's behind the pits. That's where he is at the moment on the right-hand side. He's got he's one a, corner to get to pit lane. One corner to get to pit lane. Now, Rami Azam is a local instructor here at Yas and at Dubai Autodrome. He's also in, works for Dragon as um, a, a, a helps the uh, Evo Challenge that happens here as well. Uh, they're running the uh, GT4 here, and you can see there. Yeah, he's, it's right he, rear. He's, oh, no, that's broken there. He's brought the suspension. That's tooling, hasn't he? Yeah, that's tolling gone. I thought it was sitting down. I was like, just tired. No, the, the, really whole rim, the whole rim was angled as he was coming yeah. under there. Now, he's heard that and on that right-hand corner, and he's just pulled it off there. The team will be watching this, and the door's open there now. They're going to have to recover that car. I think we're going to go full course purple here. This I could be our first towards 60. Yeah, because um, unless he's completely yeah. lost drive, and there we go. Our first code, 60. The worry, worry there that you could you could easily pull a drive shaft out. I've yeah. had that happen to me before. Well, they can recover that very quickly to the pits, and the Dragon team can get uh, get onto this. Now, who does this benefit? So remember, there's new Code 60 rules this year. Number one, you cannot serve your uh, stop go penalties under Code 60. You used to be able to, and you could you had to double the time. Yep. You cannot do them. So anybody who had any penalties should have been in the pits right there before that came out. Yep. Also, uh, if you get into the pits and you are not fueling before it comes out, you still can only take your code 60 fuel. But there's now a difference. It used to just be everybody could only have 50%, um, and that's now not the case. 25% is the maximum for the majority of the field. Um, the AM categories in GT3 and 992 running all AM drivers can take 50%. The 2991 um, cars can take 100% yeah. under code 60. And uh, we've got cars going into the fuel bay now, but we had three cars already in the fuel bay. So when they click it over, when the code 60 gets called, from that point on, even if they've taken half their fuel, they can only get that 25% or whatever their allowance is. What happens if they've already had more than that when it comes out? They just have to stop. No, no, no. They as soon as it as soon as it comes out, it doesn't matter how much you've had under green. You can only ah. then fill it to your. To, your All right. So your, if you'd had seventy five percent of your fuel before it came out and it yeah. comes out you can still put your 25%, 25% in okay ah, right. because yeah, that, yeah, okay. all of that happened under green so uh, they, 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 we've got the special Creventic pumps here this weekend the guys have got their the tags and so when that tag is activated is when so if you've done that just before the code 60 come out you're fine you can t still take your full fuel load yeah because we're so. not just doing it by eye and somebody watching no. <laughs> over and, and, and watching how much cleaning the windscreen at the same time yeah, yeah exactly um, it's actually done on uh, um, an RFID chip, yes. isn't it? And, and that programs the pump as to what you can have. What do you reckon then? Is no, that... it's a toe link. It's got a very, very jaunty angle. The Toyota pickup truck that they utilise here, a number of them at Yaz. And this will go straight into the pit lane. Needs to be over the other side of the track sometime fairly shortly. And that car. It's a shame for the 408, actually, they've yeah. been running rather well uh, in that very distinctive black and highlighting 
Gallo. He's just staying out of the way of cars coming into the pit lane. So he'll be on the radio to race control to say, two cars coming, they're going to go to the pit, stay out of the way. And that is running under uh, UAE colours, of course, as Dragon Racing are based just uh, up the road. Yep, at the Autodrome. They're going to be running their brand new 298 Ferrari in the 24-hour. Envy. Yeah. In the pit lane, then. This will be pretty quick. Well done to our marshals flagging. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Uh, we know how uh, much concentration needs to be given and right th- through these races. And I think um, Race Control is doing a little bit of track clean-up during this code. Okay. So we had some detrius out there um, in various areas, and I think um, that's also being utilised. Let's head down to Joe Bradley, who's in the pit lane. Yeah, I'm, just, um, I'm hoping to get a word with James Key, who's just had a pop to the toilet. So... Um, <laughs> Whilst he was he very patiently for our rundown, the Mercedes, uh, the Dragon car has just been uh, on a tow rope, just been pulled in by the Toyota pickup. Its team of engineers and, and mechanics have gone down towards the Park Fermi area underneath the rostrum uh, to get the car, but uh, the car was then dragged past them, so now they're running back up towards it. We'll check that out once we grab James Keir. I'll give you a shout when, I, when he comes out the loop. It's right rear, Joe, on that car. It looks like a tow link. Um on that machine. Thank you, Joe. Joe Bradley, down there in the pit lane. Get an opportunity to maybe have a word with James Kerr about this initiative of bringing back some of the Gen 1 TCR cars. Now, of course, what the teams around that Dragon GPM car don't want is that car in their pit area. Well, what they've done is they're going down to the Dragon garage, which is down the end here, because they're running in the support categories as well. Got you. So, their garage is down here rather than where everybody else's are, because where they're running there, they're also running um, a Porsche Cup car and uh, three Evo, Challenge Evo's cars in the Uh, And the guys had gone all the way down with the That's the longest run as well, (laughs) down to garage 36. (laughs) Wow. So the car is already up on its jacks and they're assessing the damage on that machine. Yeah, they're just bringing the trolleys down now, which uh, they could have skateboarded back down on the, on the, on the dollies. Probably didn't want that whilst the pit lane was going to be busy under, under Code 60. And we're back green. Green racing, yep. So we've gone back we've green recovery. straight away. And uh, let's see who then took advantage there at RSL underscore studio if you'd like to be uh, asking us questions hello the right turn lover tuning in for the first time this weekend uh, and he said it's my fault hashtag um, I tuned in for the first time this weekend and 45 seconds later we go full course purple <laughs> uh, Luke Hartog for car collection Porsche might have played a blinder here um no, that's, no, sorry, he hasn't. He hasn't come in. Tell you who has in and out for CP races. Yes. And that means they are now the 50%. leading car on two pit stops. 50% fuel, I can take. They've jumped ahead yeah. of G- Garolian RT and Roman Mavlanov. And they, um, so they are now the lead car with the new driver and the lead car having completed two pit stops. This is very... Uh, you're so correct on this one because without the maximum drive, drive time, they've now got their strategy around with that taking 50% fuel. Then their next stop, they're going to be able to do a quicker stop towards the end of the race now in fueling. 
to get to the end of the race because they've got 25% more than anybody else. Yeah, and don't forget, Roman Amavlanov stopped before the yes. go 60 because he'd, he'd got an hour and 20 minutes. Um, he's now been in the car an hour and 34 minutes. He'd gone uh, an hour and 20 minutes before he came in and he stayed in the car. Well, that's not true. No, he took that car over, didn't he? I mean, no, he can't have. No, no, he stayed. Yeah, that's right. He stayed in the car. Well, I, th I think what is happening with the tempo because um, Alex Arkin's already over the two over two hours, which we don't. He's been in from see. the start. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is he going to do a? Is he going to do three hours and hand it over? Yeah. And uh, you know, looking at the 99, because uh, some teams have only got one driver this week, uh, two drivers this weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, so attempt to... They've got three drivers, got Florian Schoes and uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff McHale's as well. Yeah, he's been team. in from the start. Yes, yeah, so Alex Arkin, uh, Arkin has been in since the start. Yep. So who did... I need to quickly have a look at the 80 and see... I think Mavlinov... Yeah, Mavlinov took over after the first half, half yeah. hour yes. when Young Winklehop got out. Yeah. Uh, let's go down to Joe Bradley. He's been casting a practised eye over the right rear suspension of the Dragon GPM AMG. It's a wheel bearing collapsed. I can't, I, you can't hear me if I go in their garage because like you guys described, it's right at the very, very end. It, it pits out. Um, and what a drag that would have been for the, car, for the uh, crew to drag the car up. Um, I've got a, a, a wheel rim that's just come off the car with uh, a complete circle gouged out of the rim on the inside edge of the rim if that makes sense and all the aluminium is, and it's right all the way through so, the, the, so it's kind of been machined out has it, it it looks like it's been machined out in a very very untidy way which uh, that's my deduction of it being a wheel bearing they popped a wheel on the car the wheel is now off the car i'm going to dive in the garage now that the wheel's off and and, um, and make my conclusions on the issue, but I'd, I'd say that was a wheel bearing that uh, collapsed on that rear end rather than tooling. Thank you, Joe. Uh, end result is the car, which was running very nicely, thank you very much, is now in for quite a hefty repair. Uh, so, Luke Hartog then, in the car collection number 96, the red and white machine. Now, we know how quick Luke is. He was very quick in final qualifying last night. Yeah. They started on the front row this morning. And we're waiting for the second-place car to come through. Now, Ernst Kirchmeier, despite having had that little whoopsie, because some cars around have pitted, yes. Kirchmeier is now back up in the second place. And where is that car on the track? Well, he's legitimately in second place because yes, third yeah. place is on uh, Grove Racing and they're all done the same amount of pit stops so uh, that is a legitimate man. there was a bunch of cars that dived into the pit lane yeah uh, including the Herbeth car uh, we had also Hubert Motorsport they've now been in three times they've taken that opportunity Ralph Bourne by the way behind the wheel of the Herbeth Motorsport cars just put that car's fastest lap of the race in a 55-3-5-2 um who else pitted? I think Jack Barlow and Century Motorsport pitted. Yes, they did. The 22 car, they've been in twice. Now, CP Racing, we talked about. Uh, Shane Lewis 
uh, got ahead for a moment of Roman Mavlanov. Um, but that car, they pitted beforehand. Yes. And Mavlanov then is now back to being the leading car, having completed two pit stops with Shane Lewis. And the next car up with two pit stops. So that is fifth, sixth, and seventh with that attempt to a car as the cars go across the line. That's just getting reset. I'm still waiting for Kirschmeyer to come through. And I'm trying to work out if he's still right back on the end of the lead lap. So there's the leader just going down to turn five now. And Kirschmeyer is in the 86. No, he's just come out. Right, he's just come out of turn nine, Kirschmeyer. Yes. So he's about half a lap away from going a lap down. Looking at so he's actually he's he, he's gained because yeah. he was he was right in front of the leader, got lapped, and he's gone back on the lead lap. Well, that car's gone back on the lead lap despite that spin. So here comes Kirschmeyer underneath the hotel to complete what will be his 67th lap. The court 60 is out again. again. Court 60 is out again. Now, who's going to roll the dice here? I can't tell you what it's for at the moment. Uh, with nothing on the screen. But there's Kirschmeyer having gone through and is back on the lead lap. Now, Jordan Love is the next car. That's the number 10, the Grove Racing car. And let's see where he is. Will we, he still be on the lead lap? Yes, he will. He's only two corners, though, down, ahead yeah. of the leader. Somebody has clobbered <laughs> one of the marker boards, Phil. Yep, um, uh, they'll get a bill for that. Uh, the Did they get a bill for it? <laughs> really? <laughs> that, somebody's had a good go at that. Do we have a car off there? Because those skid marks are telling That's me seven. that somebody, somebody Six, has stopped, stopped there. So uh, they had a big lose under brakes and swapped ends. Um, I don't see any damage. There's to no the, barrier damage. Yeah, no, no, no barrier damage. But um, somebody's had a big moment down there. Great work from our marshals here at the Ash Marina Circuit, getting things back underway. But a considerable amount of that. They Se do have replacement ones as well. Century Motorsport in GT4, the third place BMW there, has come in, and Charlie Robinson's taking some fuel. Luke Broikers for Red Camel. Paul Truswell says piss. So he's pitted exactly. and he's filling with fuel. So let's see how that one shakes out. We've got three hours and call it 35 minutes to go. And so that's what they'll be back counting from. How many pit stops can we go from here? And yeah. you can never expect the code 60s, the full course purples. Now, those uh, polystyrene marker boards are held in um, with metal uh, sticks or yep. with plastic stakes so they have to be picked up as well and it looked like there was one or two more bits further down the track just about a minute to go to the end of code 60 so here comes the red camel jordan car having taken some of its fuel and they're going to do a pit stop yep so they're changing driver so that's what they're going to do this is very cool indeed and at least left-hand side tyres for that car as well. So Trusses has pulled a pin. No, it's going to be all four, four. Hankook tyres. And so who was in that car? Who did I put in that car? It was Luke that was in the car. So is this Evo that's getting in now? That's a very, very good stop 
very good stop indeed. Also coming in was the AGMC racing team by Simpson. Joe Bradley in the t in the pit lane. Christian Zockling, who's uh, just taken the uh, brought the 971 uh, Porsche from the lead in the 992 class, I believe, Chris. You looked, your body language in that, when you went off at the start, you just got your head down and got in the zone very, very quickly. Yeah, like you said, the nice went green, and I just went for it. The car was phenomenal to drive. It was a lot of fun racing with some of the GT3s, and uh, I tried to pull out a good gap to, uh, to the other cup cars behind me, and uh, yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, uh, you know, racing, and yes, you know, I grew up in the UAE 23 years now, it's my second home track to buy my first one. So, you know, coming here is a lot of fun. Racing together with two Emirati drivers, Saif Al-Amri and uh, uh, Salem. They're doing a phenomenal uh, job as well. We worked really hard on Thursday and Friday to get them up to speed. And uh, we had two good, very good uh, pit stops. And now the boys just got to bring it home. And it's Salem al Kabeti now behind the wheel of your car. Yeah. Sorry, say again. Salem al Kabeti now at the wheel of your car. Yeah, exactly. He, the last time he was out in the car was two years ago. So uh, that's why we had to get him up to speed on Thursday and Friday. And he's now showing a really good pace. His qualifying lap was really good as well. So uh, I think he's having a good time out there. Lap times are looking good. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what the, the six-hour race brings. Chris, you just mentioned there how you were battling and, and keeping up with the GT3 cars. How great is this uh, 992 Cup car for endurance racing? Well, as you may know, I, you know, I've been racing the Cup cars since, you know, Curra Cup and Super Cup 2014, 2013 even. And the evolution of the, the Cup car now from the 991 to the 992, it's such a beautiful GT race car. And if you really know what you're doing, then it can really be a nuisance to some of the, some of the GT3 drivers out there. But uh, it's a phenomenal car. But the one thing I did notice is you've got to be careful with uh, tire management because the track gets really hot, really slippery. And uh, we've, we had a few spinners out there as well. So it's a really tough event, but it's an awesome, awesome race. Oh, Chris, Christopher Zockling is known as a superstar and a very, very quick driver. What's it like for the AM drivers, for instance? Are you running ABS? Yeah, we have ABS and traction control in the car. Personally, I have ABS on the lowest setting possible and no traction control at all. But then towards the end of the stint, you've got to somehow manage your tire, tires, basically. Turn up the TC a little bit. Uh, don't lean on the brakes too much. And uh, again, the car did a really good job. I think we're on TV just now at Salem going into uh, the last corner. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to see what the next three hours bring. Neither can we. Well done, Chris. Great drive. That's a really good point that Christopher Zirkling makes there about managing the tyres. Yeah. Um, you start off with your TC, your traction control. When you're a, an experienced driver like Chris, traction control actually slows you down because you're not getting the drive out of the corner. And they are very good at moderating the throttle pressure and applying... Oh, somebody's gone off in a big way. Uh, this is going to be a Code 60. There's a wheel and tyre. Turn four. This is turn four, just over the top of the rise of Carlos's crest. I think it's the 188. I think it's the 188. Uh, that may have gone in. That was a car I could see moving slowly, but there's certainly there was a wheel and tire. Let's see if it is the Audi. Oh. But there's been well, how's it how's it gone on from there? And there's barrier damage, damage on the yes. right hand side. That is exactly what happened to the McLaren. And oh. it, no, no, it's the it's what's left of the Lamara. I think. Oh my goodness! 
That is a huge incident. It's the 2-2-3. It's the Lamera that's gone in there. And that is a massive impact. We had two McLarens in one of the support series do that. One on Friday and one on Saturday morning. And that car has been disassembled just over the top of the rise. The back end goes light. And I can see the driver moving Driver's in the moving, car. Yes. Um, I'm just checking to make sure that is the Lamar. I may have panicked the team, but I think it is. Uh, it's very difficult to identify it because there's no bodywork left on that car. Uh, see if you can pick up the... Look, driver is out of the car. Oh, thank goodness for that. Under his own steam. A little bit dazed, I'm sure. Daniel Lemelu. Uh, Lemelu. Um, that was an outlap. That yeah. was an outlap for Daniel, if that is indeed the 233. And I think it is uh, the 223, excuse me, the Lamera Cup car. But that car has been reduced to a kit of parts. But the safety cell stayed oh, intact. Absolutely, absolutely intact. Did what it's supposed to do, shed all the parts, lose the weight, lose... Uh, But that's exactly what it's meant to do. It looks scary and spectacular. But Daniel has got out of that car and has headed over to the rescue vehicle. This is going to be quite some cleanup, and there's some barrier damage as well. But just going back to that, that's just over the rise from turn three. Uh, we saw it in Formula One, and there was some track changes made, actually. They shaved a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, but we saw it at the weekend, uh, early on in the weekend, with two McLarens uh, that... Uh, lost the back end there and did a swapper and went in driver's right and that's ex I'm, I'm guessing because we haven't seen it that that's exactly what's happened and he's lost one end and then it's speared across the right it's one of the few places here Phil where there isn't any runoff on the right hand side of the track no because um, that's uh, just on the entry to the race and drive school under the Richard Mill sign yeah. so it's just come parked on that one um, he's uh, Probably if you're going to hit the arm code, that's a better place to hit it because it's actually bending away from the circuit, so it's not it's not a 90-degree impact. It's sort of, you know... It's, it's not much of a rise there, but it's enough to unsettle the car. Especially he was on cold tyres coming out of the pits. And possibly a full fuel load. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. just a little bit too much throttle there, get a bit of a tank slapper on, um, and these little short wheelbase cars like the Lamara will swap ends very, very quickly, especially if you've got no tyre temperature. Uh, the good news is, as yeah. we say, that the uh, the driver, uh, Daniel Lamoul, out of that car yeah. and was walking unaided, albeit uh, counting his... That's a radiator. Radiator has come uh, adrift. It's off the circuit at the moment, so that uh, won't cause anything. It's leaked. It's, I was going to say water, but it's coolant nowadays very uh, specific regulations on what you can have. You're not allowed any glycol in your uh, coolant because that is a pain to clean up off a track surface. We've already got the marshals there. Only, I think, one wheel still attached to yeah. that. The, the wreckage of the Lamara, which is off to driver's left now as it is uh, in one of the cutouts. 
Now, they may do something here that we don't see very often and uh, to get re-route this risk. Them. Reroute them. Mm. We, we, they may shorten the track and put them down through the corkscrew yeah. because there's other areas there where we do karting and that cut up and through. But because he's gone back onto that one karting area where they could have done on um, track days, they use the... A little, um, a, like a loop, isn't it? Like a little loop there, um, uh, that they could possibly use that because um, uh, there's, as we can see, the it's quite light. There's uh, the rear wing. The, the the worry is here that the shards of carbon fibre yeah, or bodywork, and they'll want to get a sweeper on that. There's little bits of metal, little fixings. All the drivers have been told to steer all the way to the left. The, uh, no fire um, no. that we saw certainly. Uh, and that's good news. All the safety systems have done exactly what they want to do. There's bits of Lamara impaled within the barrier. Within the barrier itself. That's been a huge, hit. massive hit. I don't know. And, and I'm, I, listen, we, we're, we're, we're not trying to create jeopardy where there is none, and, and neither are we trying to over-egg the pudding. We, we, hate to see, uh, we hate to see accidents like this, but that has been an immense accident. And... Congratulations to the guys who have designed and built the Lamara Cup cars. Oh. It, it is a, an entry-level single manufacturer uh, racing car, but it is made with uh, a monocoque, a racing monocoque, and uh, a built-in roll cage, all of which have absolutely done their job. Yes, most definitely. It was. That's, I have not seen anything like that. I, I, I have to say, I haven't seen that since... I'm going to go back a very, very long way um, <clears throat> to where um, I seem to remember at Monza, we got a, a, in an old, what would have been even before the European Le Mans series, I think, I think it was, uh, maybe it was one of the early ones. Graham Tyler and I were commentating, and at the first Ukraine at Monza, uh, somebody lost their brakes and cartwheeled over the top of Alan McNish in an open top Audi R8. And we literally, we saw the remnants of the car. It looked like a single-seater. Well, this yeah. Lamara looks like an off-road buggy at the moment. Well, in two weeks' time, that'll be out in the desert. Yeah, <laughs> that absolutely. They'll just put some off-road tyres on it. The engine will probably start. Put a new radiator on it. You're fine. We'll, uh, we'll allow the marshals to do their job, give us an opportunity to pick out some of our drivers down in the pit lane. This is not going to be the work of a moment. Joe Bradley is down there on duty at the moment. Where are you, It gives me a chance to catch up with some of the people I'd like to talk to. Uh, CB Racing's garage is always a, welcome, uh, a welcoming atmosphere. And Joe Foster, uh, you haven't been in the car yet, Joe. I noticed on the timing screens the 85 Mercedes uh, down the order somewhat in 11. It's not usually where we see you guys, but um, that's probably because of pit stops and stuff, such like at this stage. Yeah, definitely we were one of the fewer cars that were able to sneak in for fuel under the last Code 60, and so that put us down a bit because a lot of folks stayed out. It was a short uh, Code 60, and we just were lucky because we were near the pit entrance when it happened, so we went ahead and took some fuel. Now, you guys won in fun- fantastic circumstances in Q8. It was a really great race. We've talked, we've talked to your teammate Charles about that. You've come here, round two of the Middle East Championship. Is that something at the forefront of your mind, that you're thinking about the championship? Oh, definitely the championship uh, is something we would love to win. Uh, this, this particular event is a very different uh, circumstance for us. For, for us, six hours is a sprint race. 
and uh, also we've never been here before, all of us. And so it was. Uh, we're learning a new circuit, and we are just, our, as usual, sticking to our endurance racing mindset. Um, there's some incredibly fast teams and drivers here who are, that are fun to learn from, and uh, we'll just keep doing our thing and try to get as many points as we can for the championship, for sure. I would have lost money on seeing you guys hadn't been here before. Before I ask you your thoughts on this track, um, yeah, you know, this, the CP Racing Mercedes seems to be a car that you know, uses its tactics well. You've got a good pit wall, let's say, and you guys just sort of, you always seem to be there at the end. And, and the six hours doesn't really sometimes allow those, those long-drawn-out endurance racing tactics to be able to be used somewhat. Yeah, certainly, you always want to maximize the things you do well and minimize the things you don't. And generally, the longer the race is, the more the things we do well propagate into the race. And so for us, six hours is short, but uh, we're not going to change our MO. We didn't want to come here with a setup or a mindset that was new we hadn't tested, and so we're just sticking to our guns. So what's your thoughts on the track, Joe? You bet, you know, you're a very experienced race driver. Uh, what's your thoughts on Yas Marina? Oh, I think it's a super uh, amazing facility. Obviously, I've watched it for years in Formula One and, and other stuff, and so we're grateful to be here. It's super fun. Facility is a good word. When I first came here, I thought, this is 21st century motorsport. No standing in a field up against a fence when you're watching race cars. Yeah, it's a little different than Snedderton in March, for sure. <laughs> yes, that's what I said, actually. Thanks, mate. I'll leave you to your tactics. Thanks, Joe. Joe Foster. There's a man who uh, knows motor racing at all <laughs> kinds of levels. Snetterton in March. We've all done there. We've been on the test days. We've, we've done it. Uh, Snetterton in March, that is, uh, this isn't. Nothing wrong with Snetterton in March. You've no. got to do that. That's part, that's part of the ladder. Uh, good to hear from those guys. Just to reiterate, if you're just joining us, uh, that we have had a substantial impact with the safety barriers just at uh, turn four, just after turn four, actually, on, on turn four. And it was the um, Lamara Cup car on, we believe, on an out lap. And the good news is that all of the safety devices have done uh, their work and protected the driver. It looks spectacular because there's hardly anything left of the car. Um, but what is left is the safety cage. Yes. What is left is the the monocoque the the chassis of the car and i'm delighted to say that the driver uh, daniel lemy has walked over to the medical camaro and that bright yellow car is already behind us here at the medical center that will be a mandatory checkup uh, for the driver and brilliant work by they're the losing, marshals. They're using the bucket claw of the JCB to pull the Arbco back straight in the straight. Yeah. Oh, and there's probably sledgehammers there as well. And the it was ah now we're getting some news. We don't we we haven't been watching all the CCTV cameras, but because this is a Grade One circuit, the race control has a uh, a lot of uh, information and hearing now from race control that the MDM 965 Porsche 992, that's the red, white and black car um, was involved in that incident uh. and that is being looked uh, at at the moment so that's the number 965 um, that was Jean-Jacques Van Roon for the MDM I reckon you Porsche was in that vicinity can't tell you any more than that because um, we're not party to that. So 
outlap for we uh, for the two two three racetrack competition, the Mara and the MDM Irekonu Porsche under investigation at the moment. That coming to us directly from race control and for those of you watching confirmed now on the bottom of the screen really good transparency again from Creventnik at our race control and we'll get that you can follow along by the way uh, livetiming.getraceresults.com um, and have all the facilities that we do so full timing we've got the tracker the dancing answers we call it the message screen uh, all of that is there uh, more information than you can shake a stick at. Uh, we have two sticks here, and uh, we uh, still have more information than we can shake two sticks at. Uh, to be honest, uh, that is the same for the whole of the rest of the season. Let's give you a quick rundown of what's going on. One or two people have taken the opportunity to top off fuel, including Grove Racing. Stephen Grove back behind the wheel of the number 10 Mercedes. They've now been down pit lane four times. So what they're doing is they long code 60 they know it's barrier repair they're just going to keep on looping back through to keep Correct. on topping the tank up and then they can go for a long stint here's the 965 coming out of the pit lane this is the car that's un under investigation and sits in or at least it was in 20th position when it came in uh, in its class oh, sorry in the group so that is now Tom Coronel behind the wheel of the MDM Iraconu car, having taken it over from Yap. Uh, Tom Coronel, who was most recently competing in the Dakar in Saudi Arabia and jetted in, actually followed us into the track on, uh, <laughs> nice. on Friday, uh, immediately unfollowed us and then followed us in again. Um, <laughs> If you know, you know. Yes. At RSL underscore studio, if you'd uh, like to say hello, wherever you are in the world. Got a little bit of time to run through. Uh, Monza accident with Stefan Ortelli in the Oric. Yes, is Mike Widdersome. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I, could, I remembered it was Ortelli, but I couldn't remember what car he was driving. Um, Mike says that Lamara accident is uh, one of the worst visually I've seen in a long time. But the safety looks like it's done the perfect job. We'll know uh, at some stage. We'll get word on the driver. He's, he's in good hands. Let's not... Uh, Full-blown uh, medical centre at the circuit. Ah, of course. Absolutely. Grade 1 Formula 1 circuit. So. Joe Remy says, I can't believe he's even climbed out of that. There's hardly anything left. But what... And we'll make the point again. You're absolutely right, Joe. But... Um, what's left is the bits that's important. Exactly. The bits that um, protect the driver. Uh, that car, purpose-built as a racing car, and so the body panels shed, some of the suspension shed. That's exactly what it's meant to do, to dissipate that energy of hitting, hitting the barriers. Uh, Sim Racing Bar Steward, I'd be interested to know how the 24-hour series... Um, make it pay by making the coverage free to air. Um, it's been flawless all weekend. I wish other series apps, even those some uh, that appeared for, was this stable. Um, it, it's dead simple. It's part of the commitment. Yep. Uh, RBS, and you know we work across a number of different series around the world, uh, and as an entity. 
We've worked with uh, Kravetnik for a very long time, uh, starting with Dubai 24 Hours. And anybody who comes to us for advice, anybody who talks to us about us doing our audio... How does that driver know he's on the camera? <laughs> it's the screen. Oh, there's there. a screen. Of course there is. <laughs> so that's Philip Barron. Yes. Philip Barron realises he's on the screen and gives it away. Uh, going back to your question, RPS, when we get asked as a... Uh, as a consultant, if you will, on broadcast, as we, I think we did 76 hours, uh, 76 events, not race, last year, and something over 6,000 hours of motorsport broadcasting. We always say to series, this goes back, as I say, with Kravetnik, with the Bathurst 12 hours, uh, with IMSA, uh, with other people that we work with, uh, don't put barriers in the way of people watching your events. Make it easy to get in. You want it to be easy to people to enter, easy to people to race, you want it to, easy to people to watch as well. And therefore make it as simple. Don't put barriers, whether they're financial, whether they're geo-blocks or whatever. As you know, we never geo-block any of our audio coverage and the uh, World Fade TV that we work with, with so many different uh, series now, we uh, advise them to keep that down to a minimum. As for the financial model, um, well, that varies from series to series. Preventic are committed to doing this, and therefore the series fund O221 and ourselves uh, to be here and to do what we do. And that is their commitment to their customers, their customers being the drivers and teams. And we know how difficult it is in, in these cash-strapped times, but motor racing is a business for everybody concerned. And there has to be a balance between entry fees uh, and facilities and, you know, therefore what the teams can charge the drivers, what the drivers are prepared to pay, what the, the series charge the teams for being here and what facilities they get for that. But streaming, uh, World Feed-style TV, has become um, almost de rigueur. It's the norm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm even for your regional championships, yeah. which are here this weekend. They've exactly. all got a streaming component to it. Now that comes at a cost, and not every series, particularly when they're starting off, can can do that. Um, but that's the way it is sometimes. And for IMSA, I think you all know that RSL raise a, a considerable amount of money to to cover the IMSA categories. Uh, we. Uh, have to pay license fees to some events like the Le Mans 24 hours so effectively we have to raise the money for that as well from commercial sponsorship so when we're mentioning people's names and you ask what can you do to support then go and visit them because they're supporting your sport and all of the Creventic sponsors are exactly the same so when you go on to 24h.com uh, 24hseries.com and you see the names of the sponsors go and find out what they do and the next time you're in the market for a pair of shoes or a set of tyres Hankook um, we've got Hankook on uh, Eve's uh, Boxster uh, which we, we bought at list price and they do end rated tyres for, for Porsches nowadays support the people who support your sport or at least give them a fair go Phil yes. Yes. because you know if you feel somebody else's product is better, then fine. But at least consider them. And that's all they would ask you to do. Indeed. And uh, it keep, in these modern days, when 
back when we had terrestrial television doing everything and whatever, and it was very difficult to get it internationally, satellite time and all that sort of stuff, was really, really, um, you know, expensive. Now it's become something like, you know, um, John and I, both pre-mobile phone era, uh, doing commentary, you know. I'm analogue, totally. Uh, but, uh, but the way that it's going at the moment, people are seeing the advantage of, of doing free-to-air. Um, previously, it was because you want people to come to the circuit rather than watch it on television because then they'll yeah, spend yeah. their money at the yeah. circuit. The mentality and the ethos has changed a lot because now you have a global audience supporting your sponsors, Correct. not just a Correct. local audience. And Eyes that's on. the big thing. And if you look at stick and ball sports, actually, this is really interesting. Been a big, uh, a big debate about whether it is the right thing to do to go behind a paywall and take the, mon- take the money from the channel yep. or to put it in front of more eyes yeah. and therefore your teams and your sponsors get more uh, get more exposure that way. Cricket has fallen down that rabbit hole um, at, uh, at the moment, particularly, particularly in the UK. So a very interesting question and, and thank you. Uh, for asking that. Hello, NG, Neil Gardner. Um, he got the Tom Coronel reference. Well done. Hugo B, loving the 24-hour coverage, sitting in bed with the lovely missus. We don't need to know what's going on there. Um, okay, moving on. <laughs> hello to Vicky and Hugo. Anyway, uh, and uh, thank you for joining us. Not sure where you are in the world. It's still only 10 to 9 back in the United Kingdom, 10 to 10 in Europe. And here comes the 188 back into the pit lane. That's the AC Audi. Continuing under code 60 at the moment. Let's get the opportunity to go back down to Joe Bradley, who's down in the pit lane. Joe? Well, always a story, CWS as ever. The uh, running two Ginettas here, which is always good. Colin White here. Colin, um, you, you've had a few niggly little issues with your number 278, haven't you? Tell us what they were. Well, the problem is uh, we spent too long in uh, UAE, really. Is, uh, the car has been done Kuwait and all the practice in there, and then all the practice in this week, and the compressor is producing water, um, which then fills up the, the uh, valve block, which then can't change gear. It jams in a gear and won't change gear, etc. So we come in and um, drain the drain the uh, water, put a new um, paddle shift system on it, run out again, and um, it's, it, it produced more water. So we had to come in and change the compressor. So yeah, time time it takes, but it, it never missed a beat at all in all the practice sessions. You get 15 minutes into a race and it happens, you know. Well, that's you're very much used to that. And is that is that something? Is that a new thing, Colin? Is that purely because the car's been sat dormant for a, for a month over Christmas? Yeah, that's another problem. Is that humidity um, where the car produces water, it can fur up inside the compressor. You know, as Lawrence uh, uh, just told me uh, from Janetta, he said that it's about time you bought a new car. He said then it'd be more reliable. And I said, well, his car is nearer than mine, but mine's still running, so I'm not quite sure. <laughs> yeah, touche, I think. Yeah. Touche. So two cars here for Abu Dhabi. Have you got two cars out of Dubai as well? So we, we, uh, we've got one and a half cars for Dubai. Um, we're still looking for two more drivers to fill the second car up. Um, but it's all looking good, yeah. yeah great stuff. And uh, you're still enjoying it, Colin? You're back after, you know, you give us a bit of a scare a couple of years ago. You're back still enjoying it, fit as a lot? 
yeah, so I'm able to sit in the car, climb in and out. So my leg bends okay now, and uh, you know, I've sat in the car for some other time, and uh, you know, it seems to be okay. So I can keep going. Well, keep coming back, Colin, because you're a big part of this series. Thanks. Say hi to everybody in England. Hello, grandkids. <laughs> yeah, they'll be up at Sunday morning. Thank you, Colin. Colin White, what a character. New, annou- new announcement is uh, my daughter's going uh, to expect oh, just, just uh, oh, right. yeah, yeah, coming so. back just to green. It means I'm going to have two more races. And uh, <laughs> just hearing Colin having a chat with Joe there, saying uh, he's expecting another grandchild, or at least oh, his daughter dear. is. So that means he'll have to run at least two more cars to, uh, to pay for that as it goes down through the years. Coming back to green after this uh, lengthy code 60 for the barrier repair and the recovery of the Lamara. Good news is that a Lamara driver... 25 minutes at code 60 to fix all of that up. That is pretty impressive. Yeah, really impressive. Back to green then, as mentioned. And we'll give you some news on the driver walked to the medical car being assessed at the moment and remember that potential um, with the 965 with the uh, the yeah. investigation ongoing into that and uh, we will bring you all of that up to date now what's happened here John we know that a lot of the cars have a maximum fill limit at one fill but for some of these cars have been in four times which means they've filled the tank up we saw one of the, the, the gd3 car the grove car, that ran for an hour and a half yeah. in that first session yeah. we've got they, they can make it to an hour and a half to go yeah so they can potentially do it on on one more stop yes pretty much if they get a little bit of code 60 help exactly now uh, this is what it's all going to unravel oh. towards the end um, here's how it stands as we've gone back to green let's give you a, a quick rundown because it's it's kind of important that we start thinking now further into the race than the three hours and seven minutes that we still have going Sabina de Castro for Manamari Energy by EB Mortis I have no clue how they've managed to cycle through to the front of the field. I would like to say that I can give you their exact tactics. They've only been down the pit lane twice. Their last pit was just two minutes. Um, And basically, I think they just fueled that because they were only 30 seconds in the pit lane itself. So they put a minute and a half's worth of fuel in and uh, sent the car. Dustin Blattner is in second. Uh, he'll come across the line in a moment or two for another Porsche, the car collection number 96. That's the red and white car. Then it's Jack Barlow for Century. Um, they're just another second further back, so they're having a canny scrap for second and third. Philip Barron back behind the wheel of the Barron Motorsport cars, another 37 seconds further back. Uh, and then it's Arto Gorian for the Gorian Racing RT Audi. That's the number 80 car. Now, that car has done three trips down the pit lane. So, and that was the car that keeps stopping. So, that she's had a driver change now as well. Another driver change, I've just realised. Because yeah. Art has got into that car. Then, it's the car that you always have to watch. The 91 Herbeth Morton car in black and gold this weekend. Oh, stunning. Uh, on 73 laps as well. Now, I need to see when all of those cars come through. Here they're coming. Now they're coming. So it's a minute and 22 between first and second, and it's Jack Barlow who's got through into second, ahead of Justin Blattner in third. Uh, and then it'll be Phil Barron. Meantime, as they're side by side, scrapping uh, out on the circuit, those two Porsches. 
uh, Jack Barlow in the Porsche and just a blatter on the BMW, should I say. Yeah, that was uh, and a cup car, he just went past. Phil Barron is the last car on the lead lap for now, I reckon. And Arter is the first guy off the lead lap. Yes, that's correct. However, those top five cars have only done two pit stops. And it's two laps to do a full stop here. The 86 is, uh, the 95 is about five car lengths behind the 86 at the moment. So, oh, really? Yeah, they're just coming down into uh, uh, turn one. So uh, that, he may lose that fairly shortly. Now I'm looking through, so who's well placed further down? Attempt door's done three through the pit lanes. The Grove cars you mentioned, I think yeah. that was a good pick up, Phil. Grove car number stops. two. They'll be, they'll be absolutely they replete may. with racing fuel at the moment. It'll be to the filler top. They're two laps off the lead. Yep. Um, let's see when they come through, actually. It might only be one and a half laps off the lead. Yeah, it is. It's going to be about one and a half laps off the lead. But they're going to go very deep into this race. And they will actually be hoping for another Code 60 because they are yes. a pro-am car. So that means they can take... Um, slightly more fuel doesn't it in the pro-am category that is number 10 in pro-am they 105 litres at 100% flow rate yeah. so uh, yeah they're, they're a little bit better off than the standard GD3 which uh, is uh, 90 um, Porsche is oh they got cut 90 litres yeah. I yeah. should say that Philip Barron and Barron Motorsport are the leading AM car yep. in fourth position they can have 50% of their fuel, can't they, under code 60 if they get one? So, or are they allowed 100%? Am um, advantage. Am advantage is 50%. 50%. It's just yeah. the 991 cars that oh, yes, get correct. the um, 100%.